are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. Today we're talking about the seventh episode, right, of <laughs> the second and final season of The Walking Dead World Beyond. It is feeling a little bit sad. Every episode has a little bit more intensity than the last one, and they have been pretty intense for the last, I'd say, th- two or three episodes, I think. I'd say the second half. Yeah, ever since the quote-unquote, because it's not really, mid-season finale, which is the fifth episode, it just feels like things have just been ratcheting up and up. And here we are, racing towards the finish. And so many reveals on top of reveals on top of reveals. So I, I have Sharon's take in the tank, so that's pretty cool already. We'll be playing that at some point. She's in the crowd also. She's in the she's in the uh, chat right now with... Uh, is, is Mario here? No, it's just you and... He was. He was? I don't see... He's still uh, I think he's still here. He's still here. It says there's five people here. Okay, the reason why Sharon D is in the, the crowd is because she had her booster shot and she's not feeling so well. But also, her internet had had its booster shot and it isn't working anymore. It had an adverse effect <laughs> yeah. to Sharon D's booster shot. So, <laughs> it's not... It's Her internet's her internet not working. Her internet got COVID. No. <laughs> internet got COVID, yeah. <laughs> internet has myocarditis. That would be very, very bad. Yeah, if the internet had myocarditis, it would be very bad. <laughs> Uh, what what is oh so we have Jasmine's tea right now. <laughs> what what is explain to the to the audience what myocarditis is I'm not leaving this in but here we go I actually I I have a disease of the myocardium which is the muscles surrounding your heart ooh okay so heart issues in layman terms it's a heart attack oh so it's not like a exi- like a condition that persists like or a chronic condition yeah it it, it develops into a heart attack oh, okay. Oh, so the weakness of the heart muscles without, um, leads to an arrest, or right? Without, without treatment, yeah. Mm. So what is the treatment for that? Oh, know. damn it. Jasmine's just been teed. Tea with Jasmine. Ja- I like Jasmine's it. Jasmine's tea. Jasmine's. It's not going to stick. I promise tea. you it's not going to stick. Maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, I like it. Anytime we have like like medical discrepancies or anything in the science, Jasmine's going to come in and spill her tea. Although there is something <laughs> that I did like, and I did write it down, but like, okay, first of all, I wrote, just to give you an idea of what, what my notes sometimes looks like, just, I like how, first of all, I like how the opening started. It was like basically going back to go forward again to, to explain what happened the night before to mm-hmm. what happens the next morning. But then I write, this is probably just some of the events of 206. Uh, and then I write, bark his nipples. <laughs> okay. Space dash space, and then I write, and then I write some cool things. So ADC st- stethoscopes, which is a real thing. It's a real stethoscope. LH lithium heparin line tubes get whole blood plasma samples. Whole blood slash whole plasma samples. I thought this was cool. That was they were screen accurate with what they were using. There's not like a, a mm. stage test tube. It's it's a real. It looks like a real test tube, or at least the label. It's labeled right. <laughs> So someone did some research, yeah. but not where your EKG sensor should go. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Listen, Pobody's perfect. <laughs> you get almost everything so, right. To be fair, a fun fact, um, paramedics in the UK, um, 40%, uh, there was like a study done of patients coming into hospital and 40% of EKG placements were wrong. Wow. That's a big... From, from uh, that is a... people coming into hospital with paramedics. Right, so they're getting bad wow. EKG readings from paramedics, unfortunately. It's not about. It wasn't about the readings necessarily. I don't know the reading side of it, but it was uh, like oh, um, oh. they were like they were examined on entry to the hospital, and forty percent had wrong incorrect placement, which indicates that they were caught. Could lead to so, right. So well, then it makes right. you think which ones may not have been caught. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about that now. And that's the worst part is that I think what doctors rely on these, on the readings from those EKG. What was the, the Ghostbusters e, EPK, EKP readings? Or Ghostbusters readings? Uh, EK- oh, like the ectoplasm, whatever. Yeah, I forget what the, the, yeah. We had this conversation oh, before. Oh, I can't remember what they called yeah. it. PKE. PKE. Anyway, whatever. I don't know. There's a joke there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> there are ghosts. Um, no, they would be after getting a bad EKG reading. The, the thing about the EKG readings are, nine times out of ten, when they when they arrive in hospital, they'll rip them off anyway because the EKG machine belongs to the, um, to the ambulance, mm-hmm. and then they'll put a new EKG on. So once you get to hospital, your care is probably going to be, you know, fine. But it's the actual initial um, EKG readings on the road are sent to the hospital to decide whether a patient needs to go to a specialist unit or just regular hospital. So if they've placed mm-hmm. it wrong... And you act, and they don't catch something. That's when the issue is. Right, because they can sometimes they, they might not get sent to the right hospital. Right, because they may have to do some sort of like emergency procedures on the road too. Right, you know, depending on what it is. Oh, like if uh, with heart problems, there's nothing they can really do on the road. Oh. Like if they were having a heart attack, um, it's just drugs and like get them to hospital really, really fast. And potentially get ready to do some CPR. Right, right. But also, even even what drugs they give, do, doesn't that depend on the, those readings? Oh, yeah. Okay, so there you go. Ooh, Jasmine's tea! That was unrelated to the episode, so it's not really Jasmine's tea. It's, it's, hey, we just had Jasmine's tea. We're going to put, put Jasmine's tea down. <laughs> no, we just had it. Yeah, it's fine. I like this episode. Oh. Unusual. Yeah, I was going to say, like, part of, of dealing with you... <laughs> going to say speaking with you but then i said no let's use another word you've 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 yeah you've said a lot about this season this far i, I believe this goes in tandem with what you had said maybe about the first season that you actually kind of like the first season more it's did you say i forget what it was exactly but i don't know maybe season two was even worse than season one according to you is that, is that accurate to say or mm, i don't know i i found season one was um not that great either mm-hmm. i think they were equally as bad all the, the first four episodes of season two and then all of season one i think were all like not that great right slowish except maybe like a couple of episodes in season one. Mm. Oh, okay okay meaning maybe the end because it seems like the commonality <laughs> is is movement and action and things happening actually i really like the elton focused episode in season one mm. but... she has a type uh <laughs> Embarrassment, embarrassment. <laughs> but okay, so what do you, what did you like about this episode though, in particular, or if the, if you could pin it down, I don't know. Okay, so Mason was in it. Oh, that is. She has said that. <laughs> she has said that. She, she, to quote you, you said, "Yeah, he's pretty much the most interesting character that shows up point one percent of the entire series." <laughs> but it's that point one percent. I don't This episode definitely disproved your longevity theory, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Happy to say that. Happy to be wrong. I'm I'm happy about that because if they were doing that, it would be very extreme. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> very. It, it, it was nice to finally know what's going on in this secret lab and that it's not longevity uh, and what like the whole reason for like keeping it secret and stuff. But it still holds like that element of mystery of like why did they need to kill all these people at the same time to catch everybody up who may not have seen that episode. One of the theories that I had that I took further with some input from Sharon Dean and others was I had said, you know, they could be doing this longevity thing. The commonality between all three series is that you have a group or a person who is the light of the world and they need to bend everybody to their image. So the thought was, Oh, Hey, why not I give, you know, the winners the secret to long everlasting life with this 
making them walkers that have a brain. Sure, sounds fine to me. So, but but through a little bit of more discussions, we came down to like, okay, what if we created super soldiers that didn't feel pain, that when they got hurt wouldn't die unless they, their brain got hit, but with all their faculties and everything, they would just keep going. Cool theory. I thought we all kind of came to a good head with where our minds were at, but it turns out that, and this is pretty cool too, nothing wrong with that, and I, it really does track with what the series is all about, or at least what the CR is all about. I mean, the episode, uh, what was it, was it five was Quatrevoix, four, which one was Foothold? Was it three or four? I think it was three. But the idea that we do what we do to get a foothold, everything is about a game of inches. Even their goal, their scientific goal was, hey, can we just stop reanimation post-death? Just that. If we can do that, that, that goes a long way to bringing back humanity. That means when we die, we don't come back. That means all we have to deal with afterwards, which is what the culling facilities are all about, is get what's there. You know, get what has reanimated. Um, foothold was episode two. Right, Mario chimed in with that too. Thank you. Actually, I don't know who was faster. You sounded like you were typing, and then Mario just chimed in and like stole your thunder. Thanks, Mario. <laughs> well, number three was exit wounds then. Oh, Mario, you've yes. been served by yes. Jasmine's tea. Anyway, it's not sticking around. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's reserved for medical stuff only. Stupid David. Um, bark his nipples. Okay, so, yeah. So, no. So, it looks like from this episode, we, we're, we're left to conclude that that was the goal. That was a goal that they've had for eight years. You know, since the start of the apocalypse, right? No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, that was 12 years ago. Ooh. Or before. Snap. Before. And I only say that because of the date on that Project B piece of paper right they, sounds like they've been working on this before the fall uh, did i get in your head about right? that oh I, I don't feel well, bad i mean you can't just dis- you can't dispute that date yeah i mean no matter how you switch those numbers around it it's still pre-apocalypse yeah so no matter how you do it yeah for others who may who may have missed that episode what we had seen in the project v which we now know is Project Votus. Votus. We had seen a date on there that was from 2002, or was that's what at least it seemed. We mm-hmm. posted it on the blog, the two versions of the paper, and what we're finding out is that it's possible that... Oh, so that's when Jasmine was born. You could have said that out loud. Why didn't you say that? Say, well, say it out loud now. <laughs> oh, so did you not want me to say that out loud? Oh, two? No, you 2002, born... that was when I was born. Yep. You were born in 2002? Do you want to bring Silas oh, my on? My stomach hurts Cause... so bad. <laughs> Why? Because so... I, I graduated high school in 2002. <laughs> Guys, I, I graduated high school in 1997. So let's move on. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> well, it is really weird. Okay, let me just say this out loud. I used to be the, the young guy in the room. I know. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Coming from my perspective. <laughs> and Charity's like, 1990, babies. That's <laughs> when she graduated high school. No, I was like the young guy in the room, surrounded by older people. And I was always the young computer guy in the office with the older ladies hitting on I him. I know that feeling. You know? and Well, not that part. Old ladies didn't hit on me. It doesn't last forever. No, no. Sick transit Gloria. Exactly. Well- Unless you're always hanging out with people who are older than you. That me? seems to be what's happening to me. Like the older I get, like my friend, like I hang, I hang out with a lot of people that are, well, okay, let's be honest. I hang out with my mom's friends. <laughs> there's no way, there's no sugarcoating it. I hang out a lot with my mom's friends. So I am, I'm a lot of times I'm the youngest person in the room too. Yeah, Sharon, no matter how old I am. Sharon's going to hang out with Betty White right now. It's a, yes. it's a crowd. Oh, I would love to hang out with Betty White. She's trying to figure out people that are older than her. Yes. <laughs> That's hey, that's her logic. (laughs) (laughs) Explaining it. 
Uh, I was the youngest person at work and then they hired someone new and then she became the youngest so I left and now I work somewhere else. Is it because yet. you left because of that? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this, I want to be yes. the youngest in the office. Okay. I'm out of here. If I can't be the youngest, I'm out of here. She like upended a table just to do it. He was like, ah. <laughs> Although I no, two tables, two tables. There, oh, two. Whoa. Yeah. Anyways, that's so Jasmine that's spilling the Jasmine's tea. tea. <laughs> There's a happy ending to me being not being the the youngest person in every office fixing computers, being hit on by older ladies. I get to be the older <laughs> guy who's not creepy. I promise, <laughs> not creepy. <laughs> But who, like younger women or older women too, will hit on? I just this just happened recently. Okay, so I like literally last week. It was really weird. Oh, you look really good. In fact, better. you getting hit on? Yeah, it was really weird. Oh yeah, because I, I hadn't been hit on in a very long time. And this was an older woman too. Yeah, it was just a little. It just it put me on my haunches because I didn't register it at the time, and then I got home. I literally not until I got home, and I was like, "Was she hitting on me? This is weird." Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna ask you, like, do you? Do you recognize it in the moment? Like, do you know when you're being hit on? Because I, I, first of all, I don't think I ever have been, if I'm being honest. You, you have been. I, well, I take that I back. I was there. I, I take that back. The one time, <laughs> the one time I know for sure, this is the cre- this is a creepy story. Yes. So I'm sorry. Ooh. The one time I know for sure I was being hit on is when I was 15, Ooh. dressed as a clown. I'm not shitting you. I'm not Wait, kidding you. I don't know more yep. about this. <laughs> I probably don't. I was at. I was at, you probably don't. I was at a job. I was a clown. I was, I was Ruby at Ruby Tuesdays, the restaurant. Oh, okay. okay. So I would, yep. That was my, that was my very first job ever. And I just happened to be on a break. So I was drinking a soda up at the bar, talking to my friend Meredith, who was bar back that night or bartending. Sorry, excuse me. And this old creepy guy, of course I was 15. So he was probably like 30. You know, I thought that was old back then. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I have a, a hotel room across the street. If you want to come over, we could watch movies. And I'm like, Bleh! And I'm like, I'm 15, in case you didn't know. And he's like, okay. I'm like, ah, ah. 15. Break was over. My break was over. <laughs> Ooh, that, is, that's, that is pretty creepy. That's the only time I could tell you for sure that I've been hit on. <laughs> Damn, that's extreme. Rachel's tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not, it's, definitely, right? it's more than just tea. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Rachel, Rachel's trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's coffee and ashes. Ugh. <laughs> let's, let's start a support uh. group. <laughs> Rachel's Rachel's group <laughs> therapy. That's what this podcast has turned into. I'm happy. Maybe I'll do maybe it. that's maybe that's also a little bit why I'm still terrified of clowns. Oh, because it was you that was the clown who was hit on. Like, oh, yeah. are there other creepy guys yeah. that like clowns? Mm. Ooh, mm. Ugh. Sorry. just a bad association, you know? <laughs> yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm sorry that happened to you. Ooh, like oh, it would be one thing. It's if funny he did, now. It would be one thing if he didn't know. Right. And then, oh, I was like, then, you, yeah. but then you tell him and he goes, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was the response. Right. Right. And I, I get it. I like, it. I like a good clown. Right. It doesn't everybody. That's a joke. Cause nobody does. Uh, that w- somehow, somehow in my brain, that was worse than me being 15 was me being dressed as a clown. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we really should move on. I'll tell because clown lover. Yeah, no, yeah, just doesn't make sense. Anyway, so uh, no, nope. Back <laughs> not, to the not show. That kind. I'm not. What, what is the uh, chlorophobia? Cut all of this out. Wait, what's we don't, is it cl- yeah, chlorophobia? It's chlorophobia. Is it chlorophilia? Chlorophobia. Yeah. I don't have chlorophilia. So. Uh, <laughs> I don't have. Uh, bleach, bleach my eyes. Uh. What, what is this? What is this? Okay. Bleach my eyes? No, it's not bleach my eyes. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 
Cut all the cut this crap we'll, we'll out. We'll cut some out. We'll cut some out, right, Mario? Yeah, see. Oh, we, can, we can cut this out. Yeah, right. Chlorophyllia. <laughs> yeah. So, what were we even talking yeah. about? <laughs> Being the oh, actually, we were talking about uh, Mason and your love for him. Oh yes, I don't remember that. <laughs> she didn't fall for my trap. Oh yeah, it's fine. So okay, so I do. We were, and she yep. and we were boiling down Jasmine's like for this episode to. Mason being on screen, essentially, <laughs> and that moved on to the young guy hit on thing and whatever. So Sharon D's calling it Masonphilia. Mason. <laughs> she doesn't definitely doesn't have a phobia. Oh man, we're embarrassing like Jasmine it. too much. Okay, so but could you reduce it to just that or? Yeah, it was the fact that your longevity theory was disproved. That's science. <laughs> science is a series of data points that show you whether your theory is proved or not. And what else gets proven? So we're either. Either of you guys in the camp that, because um, I know there have been lots of theories about Major General Beale possibly being Rick Grimes. Were either of you in that camp? I never well, was. Well, definitely can't be Mason's dad and Rick. Yeah. Right, right. That's that's what I was that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Yeah. There is a, there is a way you can do it, but it's just so fantastic yeah. that you can't do it. It's just like okay, here it is. Yeah. Rick had another life before Lori even. That there you go. Done. No, because I think... Oh, see, I wasn't thinking that. Given, like, the time jump, he'd be, like, younger than Carl, but older than Judith. Just doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, I agree with that timeline. Oh, you're saying Mason. I think if, yeah, if yeah. Carl were still alive, Mason would be younger, younger than Carl mm. right now, but older than Judith. Good point. So, yeah. Yeah, disproven. Yeah. All around. Disproven. But Mario's... Unless, unless, Mar he, unless, he had, unless Rick had an affair while Carl was, like, five. Mm-hmm. Which is entirely possible. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, so, you know, age-wise, age-wise, well, that's kind of what I'm saying, though. Second family. But age-wise, I think Carl wasn't supposed to look as old as he did. I mean, like, when we first meet him, then plus two plus years, that's how old Carl was supposed to look like. So, I mean, I would have put Carl at 13 and a half or 14 when he exits exits the show, but it's... No, because he just, that's way too young. I'm, I'm comfortable with four, 14 or 15 but didn't when he dies relationship? well i mean I, I i do i will agree with dave like obviously chandler was not 14 or 15 he was much older but based on the the timeline that we've tried to nail down i i would say probably like four, 14 or 15 and yes i would also say enid is older than carl by a couple maybe a, a year, year or two, two. yeah mm-hmm but and that's there's nothing wrong with that. I've dated older no, women. I don't, a, not not in this world. Are you kidding? Yeah, <laughs> you got to get yeah. it where you can find it. Yeah. <laughs> and so so is, is it possible? And then like by the time ten years goes by, that means the fall Mason was about eight or seven, right? Or or it could be six, let's say, which tracks with, with the age of the other teenagers, let's say, on the show. Mm -hmm. So the fall seven eight. So yeah, he had a a life before uh, Carl, I guess. I'm not saying this is true. I'm saying if you wanted to cover. Yeah, I have an even crazier theory than that, that they could do if they wanted. God, was it Jim Carrey? They did a movie where a guy shows up in this town and he lost his memory, but the whole town convinced him he was this this person. And so he like took over this person's life and they convinced him that he of who he was, even though he wasn't this person that everyone told him he was. Oh, I don't know. Is this sounding familiar at all? I think it was, a, I want to say it was a Jim Carrey I think movie. I in SpongeBob. You know, maybe it was a SpongeBob. It's entirely possible. No, I'm 
it could be it's what I mean. Yeah, maybe it wasn't Jim Carrey at all, but I, I swear there was something similar to that storyline. Anyway, Sounds I mean, cool. I watch crazy, it way out there theory. Maybe something similar happened with Rick. I mean, he could have lost his memory, and then this group said, oh, yeah, you're this is who you are. And maybe Mason was like placed as his son. I don't know. I again, it's crazy. It's a crazy, wild yeah. out there theory. But in fact, that last thing is the crazier. only reason why it doesn't feel like it could be true. Because why would Mason go along for this ride? Go along with yeah. it? Yeah. Why would he do that? Yeah. Except maybe he gets perks. Maybe he maybe being a general son gives him perks, freedoms no, that he's allowed. But what about like his whole backstory about his like family being disappointed that he's not joining the military? Dad specifically. That's true. That's true too. Yeah. I don't want General Beale to be Rick, but I'm going to, let me say that first. I don't want this to happen, but I'm trying to convince myself of ways that it's possible. Uh, well, and also Mason <laughs> might not be even his real, his like uh, biological son. It could be an adopted son. So... Sure, sure. Mario and Sharon, they bring that up too. Yeah. Oh, yep. okay. Could he, oh, I didn't even see that. He could be Sorry. if he's adopted. Yep. And Sharon, says the same thing unless he's adopted. Or stepson yep. or whatever, you know, like might've got married. In stepson. Six years. Yeah, sure. I'm going to reiterate. I don't want it to be Rick, but. There are ways that it could be. Yeah, let me. I feel like. Let me read what Mario is saying. I think this series goes out of character too much. Rick wouldn't ever be like that. Beal guy is. Uh, mm-hmm. The only reason why I always have this problem with with Beal and Rick is that <laughs> is where we left off when he went away. I mean, yes, he resolved himself to not be stubborn about the communities trying to be together. You know, I think after his conversation with Daryl, but if he does have some memory loss as a result of blood loss, let's say, he might not remember that conversation. So what does Rick turn into having tried to unite the communities under one banner? And there is a bit of a, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stretch here a little bit, but there is a bit of a parallel to the alliance of the three and the communities mm-hmm. that we, we leave off, right? Okay, so there is like, ocean, yes, there, yes there's Oceanside, too, yep. Sanctuary, Hilltop, Alexandria, the kingdom. Kingdom, but it fell. It fell, well, it fell after, after the fact. Yeah, after the fact. So you had all these. Oh, that's true. That, you're right, yeah, you're right. So, did you say Oceanside? Yeah, I did say Oceanside. This was, <laughs> I think it was the first one I said, is it saying something? Sorry. I don't know. Dave's tea. Anyway, so, um, no, but there's the idea of the alliance falling. And then what if Rick went dark in response to him trying to keep things up, but knowing the only the one thing that he does know is that he, he was in the process of trying to keep all these communities together at every single cost. But maybe the last impression that he leaves off with is that's not possible. We need to, kind of like Michonne, not wanting to help the other communities after Scars, I think it was, the, the thing that made her be this way. Now, Rick, because mm-hmm. it turns out this all is, to Mario's point, have to highlight Mario. His fear was that this was all political. And it turns out that that may be the case, even though Huck has not been fully debriefed by Jadis. It seems like that is the case. It's all about competition. It's all about the numbers. And it looks like, and just like true to form, true to Walking Dead World Beyond form, the numbers that Portland have, 87,000, got Campus Colony with 10, you got Omaha with almost 100,000. Uh, yeah, they do put together have 200,000 people behind their walls, matched with the CR's 200,000 strong that she that uh, we got from Kublik in last year in uh, Tiger and the Lamb in the Stinger from Barca, actually, and then here he is again. You're 200,000 strong. So, yeah, turns out that they, I, look, I'm not saying they're right to suss out these other communities or these alliances or these alliances were ever real or bullshit. Maybe they were all bullshit. I don't know. But it's hard to sink in what, what this is all about. And, and maybe we, ought, we should be afraid. Maybe this is all about politics. Maybe this is all about pl- playing God, about one community carefully managed uh, and on an obsessive compulsive level 
to surviving. This could have all been that. But the only thing that really bugs me about this, and maybe we can root this out, is if Project Votus was something they developed in year two. And it seemed like maybe the, you know, Lila, who was involved, seems like from the beginning of this project, because uh, she even says, as they were talking about this, that it, it's, it's a project that's taken a, a, lot, a long time, uh, it, you know, and she seems like she may have been the one who's been mainly involved in it. Is using all these people, the deaths of these people, just an excuse to test this product out, but also like kill two birds with one stone, kill the competition while trying to perfect Project Votus? Or was it never about mm. Votus to begin with? Did Beale even give up on the project and just said, you know what, we can't, we can't do anything about the reanimation, but we might as well kill all the other people that might threaten our walls? Well, Jada still says that, that Project Votus uh, is still you know, top priority, according to Beale. So, so I don't know that he's given up on it yet. But what I if mean, that's the lie that everybody hears? What if that's the lie that everybody mm -hmm. understands? Huck is debriefed by Jadis. So everything that Huck knows about what the CR's purpose had been in terms of Campus Colony to Omaha being maybe a political move or most likely a political move, that, tra that doesn't track with the importance of Project Votus. She said that in front of Leo, not in front of Huck, in a sense. Yeah. Even though like, when, they're, when they're looking over Project Votus with Lila, she's still keeping up that ruse, let's say. But then they take out Lila, so... Seconds later. But they still want Leo to give up her research. Right, so they're saying the things mm -hmm. in front of Leo, but not... But in Behind Closed Doors, it, it basically sounds like... I mean, she says... Okay, let's just cap this off by saying she says this to Dennis. It's all bullshit. Everything we went through is all bullshit. Saving the kids, bullshit. Saving Leo, bullshit. It leads us to believe all this science that, that Beale wants or wanted from the beginning, it may have been true at one point, but after eight years... I think Beale doesn't give a shit about Votus. It seems like. Because Huck explaining to, Den to Dennis that this is all bullshit indicates but that Votus is if bullshit. If he didn't give a shit about it, why would he keep the research for everybody else? Yeah. It's a smokescreen. The biggest bullshit smokescreen in history. So if, if the priority isn't Project Votus anymore, what is his priority? Well, irony of ironies, culling and maintenance. It's not just about culling the dead. About culling the living. Jasmine had a really good point bef before we began today. Like, if you kill everybody, who's left for your communities, basically? We are the light of the world. It doesn't matter. If, if they figure this out, they can manage everything on their own, all internally. They can get the genetic... I mean, Lila made a joke about it uh, a couple episodes back, well, several episodes back, about, you know, we match you up with your perfect partner, which is a... Oh, oh I never got yeah. to mention this, though. There is There was another AMC show... Uh, that did this. It was a little tongue-in-cheek reference to another AMC show. I don't know if I actually said this or if I, it was just in my notes. They matched people up with the genetic, genetic partners. And it was a Netflix show called The One, it, which is also a play on that. It was a BBC America thing. Oh, I have that. The One. I have that saved in my list of things to watch. It's pretty good. I just haven't gotten to it yet. So it's, it's, okay, it's, a, cool. it's a limited series kind of thing. So it's like, I think, six, six okay. or seven episodes. Sounds binge-worthy. Yeah. I, I don't know what the AMC one was called, though. I, I know I put this down on my notes because I obsessively looked it up. If they aren't bothered about the research going going on in the CR, why don't they just blow up the CR and not tell the Civic Republic? You mean the CRRF or just the whole what's, CR? What's, just the, the CR. They're the only ones. That, like, the CRM, why don't they just like get rid of the research facility and just not tell the Civic Republic? Let's all agree that all the gas that they need and have produced is is in that facility. It's not anywhere else. Most likely. Okay, kill, kill Portland and then just blow up the research, research Who says that they weren't about to? 
They just need to get to Portland first. Because mm. if, let's say, the gas fails or any number of excuses one could have to keep the CRRF around. I'm not saying that VOTUS is dead. Like, the project itself is dead. I'm, say I'm just saying that there is no faith in the project, but now the project be is being used as a smokescreen. Like, if they happen to find the thing that stops reanimation, okay. But I think I feel, this is more of an I feel, and the data looks like that this is the case, that VOTUS is just an excuse to commit genocide at this point. Scientifically backed, and look, the evidence is, all the evidence points to Lila. Why kill Lila? Why? But surely they can't justify killing hundreds of thousands of people because they only need like one test subject at a time. So how would it even be like a valid smokescreen? For all Portland knows, the only reason why they were killed was because of a column. But yeah. I love how we figured out that Dr. Abbott found out and that they made it so it was that wasn't possible. Yeah. So I know, I feel you. You're doing the me part of everything where I say, how can that be? What? It doesn't make sense. But... <laughs> That's good that also, that's good that it doesn't make why, sense. Why are, why are the soldiers of the the CRM? Why are they all just so chill with killing everyone? Oh well, so there's two re there's two answers to that. I love your questions. They're so good because it it really does go back to what I was saying before. Like first of all, who designed their helmets? Was it Beale himself? Because I think Beale understands that the executioners, you know, their identities need to to be concealed, right? I've mentioned this several times before. They're, they're executioner helmets. It's, you know, you don't judge the executioner. But, and that's just the, the pretty flowery, poetic answer. But the real answer is, they don't know. The chain of command makes it so they don't know. I feel like only General Beale and Jadis, let's say, may know the truth. Oh, and Colonel Kublik, because they're in and the- Kub And Kublik. Right. The yeah. three circles are Beale, Kublik, and, and Lila- Oh, no, I was going to say Lila Belcher and Jadis. Which is, isn't that really so crazy odd? If you think to think about like Jadis swooping into that third circle, her being on the outside, which gives me hope. And we'll get back to that. But they're, they're like Dennis. When Silas confronts Dennis saying, I don't think the CRM is what you think they are. Dennis goes, what you talk about? What are you talking about, Silas? What are you doing? So Silas goes, uh, no, you know what? I was just like wrong all around and goodbye. Dennis is like, Oh, I thought I heard something wrong. Oh, you're good. You're a good boy, Silas. You're a good boy. Good boy. Right? That was a weird exchange. But that's mm -hmm. endemic of a soldier in the CR. That's endemic of the... We all think the right thing, right? Like, we trust in our... In our and in our superiors that they know what they're doing. I mean, look at the newspaper. Even the CR itself, Be General Beale has a crazy high approval rating because they feel like he's being transparent. They, they feel like he's making the right moves. He's like, "Oh, civilian oversight? Yeah, let's do it. Come on, let's let's civilian my oversight. Let's do it." So and then like, let's do transfer of power to the CR. All right, yeah, bring on the civilian government. Woo! I'm General Beale. I have a, I don't know why my accent's like this. I have no, let's just keep going. Anyway, so you get what I'm saying. Like there is, I, I can't yeah. wait to meet this Beale. I can't wait to meet this guy. Now. Wait, oh, if we, if, unless they do the thing where we'll never meet him. Oh my God. Oh, and why not? Why not? Why not leave something for the movies? Right? Mm -hmm. I, I hate being the bearer of bad news, but it's very possible, don't you think? And it's genius if they do this. Yeah. Do you remember like um, Inspector Gadget? Okay, I'm aging myself again. Yes. You never got to see the bad guy, uh, the Claw. What? Right? That was his name, Claw. Claw? Mm -hmm. You never got to see him. Yep. You know, 
Nope. Jasmine's like, the fuck shit cartoon these people watch. This bag all you all you would see is his his hand petting his his cat. <laughs> the metal the metal claw with the spiky bracelet yep. thing. Mario says they call themselves the light of the world. I think they're really out uh, really too far gone and probably want to be the last community standing the last light. The last light mm-hmm. of the world. The last light. And well, proof case in point, I mean, what what is a match in absolute pitch darkness? It's the brightest thing you've ever seen, you know? So of course, you know, lights up an, an entire room. So, it's, But in order to do that, you have to make the whole room dark. Like, dark as fuck. That's a really grim thought if you take that outside the context of just being literal. Sharon D w- uh, says, when uh, Silas confronts Dennis, ha ha, that's so personal. <laughs> Why are you asking me this question? Mario says the soldiers believe the purpose or they are afraid of what they will do to them if they don't believe. Yeah, well, as as anything. But no, but I think for to further the point, I mean, I think they believe too, just like the CR believes. You know, I think that's that's the only thing that keeps this whole machine running together. Not just fear. But like, obviously, a certain number of soldiers will have had to have been involved in the whole, like, setting the gas out, the mass killing of everybody. Like, surely they know something's up. But the ga- but the yeah. gas is green. Well, Sorry. and most I mean most soldiers don't they don't ask questions. They they're a soldier and so they follow orders. Yeah. What's the quote? It. And they're they're not they're not supposed to question what they're being told. I was just following orders. Yeah. We we mm-hmm. alluded to this yeah. in the last episode. Uh, well, the last to walk into Burrow Beyond episode. We said, why does it yeah. smell? Even though chlorine is odorless, why does it smell a lot like Nazi Germany? Why? Because there's a lot of that going on. Too. Jasmine, you're absolutely right. These soldiers might have a clue of what's going on and just not be either not care enough to do anything about it or, like Dave said, truly believe in what they're doing. And I the in between. Or or they're just or they just put the blinders on and they're like, I'm just doing yeah, my job. Just doing my job. Yep. Yeah. Like the the Milgram experiment. The Stanley Milgram. Well, we've mentioned that a lot Mm. on this show. Yeah. Well, if you believe you are doing the right thing, you will continue to do bad. That that is the Mm -hmm. crux of the Stanley Milgram experiment. And it's that you trust. You trust the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The appeal to authority fallacy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even though that we we now know that study has flaws. However, it did illustrate. It's been it's been repeated, and it still has very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I I was going to say that again. I was going to say that too, because I I actually (laughs) revisited the research, and and it turns out yes, there are people that are validated. It's going back and forth again with with the research. It it came up in my lecture a couple of weeks ago. But the appeal to authorities is very real. Influence is real, and we talked about influence. Isn't it strange that we have a uh, con artist, a a mentalist, a somebody who peddles an influence? with our gang and then we're dealing with it on a huge scale on a large scale percy being that person and then maybe a con artist noting knowing the con and then also like jadis too jadis was is no is no is not unfamiliar with the con and being subversive but there is some sort of symmetry here with with percy having a knowledge of subverting people's influence or sorry taking advantage of people's influence and then you have this whole well, as Jadis says, a language. It's not just Jadis who is embedded with others in a junkyard. Although I do want to talk, talk a little bit about that. But specifically, what Jadis says goes to, in the last episode, goes to the greater purpose of the CR, too. 
or the CRM more specifically. When you have your own language, or maybe Rachel in your code book thing, like, oh, maybe they all speak in code. <laughs> I can, if I can have my language. But maybe to your point in a more figurative sense, like when you've developed your own language, you have your own tribe. And when you have your own tribe, you can make your own rules. And sometimes obje uh, uh, objective morality takes a back seat to like subjective morality or you know the morality of the day. This is what we're doing out here. But let's talk about, let's just touch on Jadis for a second, because the interaction with Silas, I kind of want to get your takes on that first. I did think it was cute. I liked how she kept talking about his feet, which kind of grossed me out because I don't like feet either. I don't know what, I don't know what that phobia is, but, um, so it kind of freaked me out every time they'd show his feet on screen and I'm like, bah. but I thought it was hilarious that she just like, she was so focused on his feet. Is it pedophobia? Just kidding. Podophobia. Brought to you by Jasmine C. <laughs> but what, what about it was endearing to you? Like, and this is, there's a problem here because what she's saying here is almost endearing to us, right? Like she's endearing, oh, yes. ingratiating herself to us rather than necessarily, because Silas could be very weirded out by why is she, why is this bitch talking about my feet? Clompers? Yeah. I'm very insulted. Yeah. I'm a man, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, but what, what do you think no, about it that? Was cute for us to watch but sort of her demeanor towards silas i think allowed him anyway to feel a little more comfortable maybe i don't i don't know it was really tough because i feel like they were both sort of playing this part right like she's trying to do something specific and he's trying to basically not get dennis in trouble i think his goal was to not get dennis in trouble or, or himself, but honestly, I think he was thinking more about protecting Dennis in that moment. I did like when, when Dennis walked in and his reaction to Jadis. I like that. That was kind of my favorite part of the scene. The what the fuck yeah. are you doing here? I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you effing shitting me? Or what does he say? He, he drops a couple of bad words. I does he? <laughs> I, I thought I just I said it. Does he? I thought I he don't think said, he does, like, but it feels like shit, he would. Or, are you shitting me? Yeah, did, he does did he say, say that. Are, are yeah. you shitting yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah. So what I had written was Dennis knows Jadis, but it feels like he shouldn't have ever seen her again or not really for a while, which mm -hmm. is also, it gives us a sense of time because for all we knew, Jadis left only a couple years ago, <laughs> but it was a long time ago, enough to get for her to Wait, get to left know new people. Where? Yeah. Oh, left the, the show the, or the research facility. Yeah. No, I went with Rick. Well, that... Well, that was six years ago. We know that for sure. Yeah, exactly. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. for us, it feels like not too long ago, but that long ago was like a span of six years. Again, feeling a sense of time. Oh, she had enough time to meet other people with which to get close to, but also piss off. <laughs> so, like Dennis. <laughs> yeah. So She must have been the one that investigated um, when he like messed up. Could be. Mm -hmm. Could be. Good or, call. Or Good in call. training at the very least, right? You know, six years is a long time. Or no, this is only two years ago, so it could have been her. Sure. It, right. And maybe right. as a result of this, this specific incident could have been the thing that made her rise up in the ranks. Again, she's, she openly admits her, her ambition and her, her mm -hmm. desire to rise up in the ranks. I'm due for, I'm going to get that promotion at the end of the year. We know Huck covered up for Dennis. Does Janus know that Dennis was ultimately at fault for basically the trainees getting killed? Or does she still think that that was Huck's uh, mistake? Well, you have to remember that Huck took the responsibility or tried to take the responsibility yeah. for Dennis, right? Right. But the downfall was that she didn't wipe the cards. And then so she did a mea culpa, special operation, whatever. So I, yeah, at the end of the day, and why is that important? Why? At the end of the day, she knows everything. And why is that important? Because she still knows everything. Mm -hmm. This is the one thing that I had said several episodes ago with the whole, when, yes. it, when, in, when Corporate Pierce was first introduced, that I said, oh, it seems to me like the CR is so confident 
they will get what they want, that they will let people do things, quote unquote, under their noses until such a point where they feel like the time is right to take advantage. This is why I'm very worried about Hook, because I get the feeling that Jadis has intentionally gave her that information to see who she will take it to. Ultimately, I feel the same way. And you know what? That's when I walked away on second watch from this episode, I almost thought I am not 100 percent in agreement with you. But I did have that same thought as you, Jasmine. I did have that thought of like, I know how these people operate on a personal level and on a professional level. And I know it's perfect that it is me because I was the one to catch them and put Huck in this, or sorry, Jennifer Malik in this special operation. And and I'm going to say this, and I don't know if this is true, but I feel like it is sending Dennis off to be reprogrammed and then sent to the calling facility. Because it does sound like there was a little bit of reprogramming going on. Why do I say this? And I'll get back to this point also, but I say this because there's a really good, just like Barco was very good symmetry for Jennifer in the last episode, uh, Dennis is also good symmetry with Barca in this episode. It shows the wildly different outcomes of what Dennis had to go through and it took. Dennis was also sent to a reprogramming or reassessment facility and it worked. But when we see Barca in the first few scenes, he is beat to shit. It looks like he ha- he's just healing from having his nose broken, his face busted up. He's just at the edge of healing from that. And now he's here in a, in a research facility. This is the other end of the spectrum. But what does that tell you? It, it, it does answer the question that you had, Jasmine. Barca comes to Kublik at the end of Tiger and the Lamb and says, I'm having a problem with what happened. And, and this is him not knowing what exactly is going on. This is him just asking questions. Look what happens to people who ask questions. Some people get a warning, like Lila and Jennifer Malik. Some people get more than a warning, like Jennifer Malik. <laughs> Dennis had had made a call that just didn't work out. Now, was Jen, was was he supposed to be punished? I don't think so. But it was made worse by Jennifer Malik taking on the responsibility and trying to make up for it by. By subversion, basically. And it made, like, what could have been a forgivable, for, sorry, forgivable call, although, albeit, somebody was trying to paint the picture that he was drunk on duty and made a bad call. Fine. But it was made worse by trying to, quote-unquote, do the right thing for the wrong, for the right reason. Or the wrong thing for the right reasons. Why do I say all this? Because, again, it shows that Dennis was sent away, Huck was sent away, and then you get to the end of this episode, like, what was the whole purpose of them being sent away? Him being reprogrammed and sent to the calling facility. Her going on a special mission to retrieve scientists. And she says at the end of this episode, it's all bullshit. It's a rat. It's, well, using a rat in this episode to illustrate the fact that the rat will get tired and eventually peter out because the dead will eventually catch up to them is a greater metaphor for what's going on here. All the CR is doing is pushing paper around and pushing paper around to give people something to do. Because I don't think even they ultimately at, at some point, like at the top, General B, let's say, they all feel like they're doing something. They all feel like they're trying to get a foothold, but I honestly do not feel in my heart of hearts that Beale believes anymore. The one person that everybody has confidence in, I feel like he's just giving everybody something to do. And it's really making me crazy at this point. What about refocusing their efforts on trying to stop the current um, infection? Like they're trying to find a way for people who die to not reanimate, right? But we're talking about living people. I mean, if if Beale was really smart, he'd be focusing his efforts on how to mass wipe out the walkers that already exist, which I realize, you know, that that is sort of what they're working on in the research, research facility. But I mean, well, that's the other I end. Feel of, like remember it the, be that's amped, what Hope's working amped on. Up. 
Yeah, right. I, I just feel like it should be amped up. Like that that project should be the priority. Yeah. Well, actually, no, sorry. I, I misspoke. Hope is working on making them break down faster. Well, yeah, essentially killing them. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. She's taking care of it I on one end. still say like that. the people that are, are yeah. animated break those people down. People. Walkers down, mm-hmm. empties down. Did you catch the name of the drug um, that Lila said she was using? She had said it was, an, For... it was basically an algae derivative mixed with chlorine ga- gas, oh. essentially. Okay. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Well, makes why now we know why it's green. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Presumably, right? No, the algae is just for color. It's really chlorine gas. It's really chlorine <laughs> gas. The world is fucked. Everybody hide. The CR is coming to get you. It's 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 a modern day uh, folklore. It's a scary story that you tell at a campfire. Jas- Jasmine's going to correct me. I'm, I feel it. I feel it coming. She's going to correct me. For what? It's not algae, and here's why. <laughs> no, no. She's just, she has a ter- determined face. You know when some people walk, I know. they walk with determination? That's Jasmine 24-7. Yep, it's coming. It's coming. Jasmine's going to put me in my place. I'm waiting for it. She's going <laughs> to... Right, let's, let's keep going. She'll be like, no, algae's not green, and here's why. <laughs> it's, it's more of a reddish brown, but that's red-brown algae. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a, sort of a real thing, but I don't, I don't think I got the name right. Um... <laughs> Really? Uh, sh- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll get the tea. It's, no, I don't want it. Uh, no, actually, <laughs> the I only algae that. I'm familiar with is what you know what you get in your pool. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bad yucky kind. Ooh. Yeah. Which That's chlorine? Green. The algae is green. I wasn't looking up. <laughs> You're, You're still good. Great. Um, oh, good. What I was double checking was chlorine combines with algae and effectively kills algae so i don't know why i should be mixing them two things yeah hmm. i don't know either yeah, yeah. who knows science mm-hmm. this is science this is sci-fi right. which is which is why after a long winter your pool does fill up with algae because you're not con- consistently chlorinating it i did kind of like the little sci-fi-ness of her pressing a button and gas coming through it, we, we it's been a very very long time since we've seen any of this and i think that long time is season one I think, right? The CDC, essentially. That came even close to doing any sort of science, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Like, even season one of The Walking Dead World Beyond. The Walking Dead. We didn't really even see in The Walking Dead World Beyond, like, the science at at play. And here we're getting that little bit of an eyeful of what we presume is what she, version 6.0 of her lack of reanimation thing, project, Fotis. Yeah, her failing to play CKGs. Yeah, that too. Yeah, so of course it went wrong. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I have a question. So Project Votus is this gas that kills people and then hopefully, in ideally, uh, prevents them from reanimating. That's right. the ultimate goal. Yes? Okay. Yeah. So, so the idea here is still to take people out. Like this is always, this was always going to be a weapon of mass destruction. Well. Against the living, specifically. What about if it also affects the dead? That's what I'm wondering. That's that's what, what I'm about wondering. If you you set it off in like a big area and it kills all the walkers and all the people. That you know. You, you, that's what I'm wondering. You just drew a very good conclusion because what would the pur- purpose of this gas be other than to kill the living and make sure they don't come back? How is that? How, right. What is unless the mm-hmm. unless like Jasmine said, it works on both living and dead. But we haven't seen evidence of that just yet. I have so. to. I have to presume though that that the cocktail that they were using for Omaha and even Barca is a mixture of the poison with the cure or not the cure, but like, so whatever algae derivative they're using is the thing that they will give to normal humans, let's say. So a vaccine essentially. Okay. But again, I said, I say, I am presuming. Mm -hmm. We really don't know. Ultimately, it really 
all comes down to what Huck says at the end of the episode with Dennis. It's all bullshit. It's all <laughs> bullshit. bullshit. They it's don't believe bullshit. in this project anymore after eight <sighs> years. They don't believe See, I in don't it. I don't like that. I don't either. I don't it's, like that. You it, have to realize, it does not sit well with me because that's been the whole plot for the past two freaking years. Like, if it's all bullshit, we've wasted two years of our life. I, and that would piss me off. I like it, though. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying... Hold on. I have to be specific with my words here. I don't like it because it's heartbreaking on a personal level. Like, I'm watching the show and, oh, no, this is all political all along, right, Mario? Mm. And so, so I don't like that part. On a narrative level, I'm like, this totally, totally tracks with everything we've seen in 10 years of The Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, and The Walking Dead World Beyond. There is no cure. There's no avoiding it. This is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. This is, this is all it'll ever be. So be your ideal self. You're going way out of your way to just say, hey, you know, the world had ended. These are people that are pretending the world didn't end and that, that, that there is something they can do about it, which is very gratifying because we've been sitting here for the better part of, let me see, about three or four years, having first seen the CR, like really, this, the CRM, let's say, pretending that they, they're the be-all, end-all. Like they are unstoppable, implacable, and yes, for the most part they are, but even knowing that even their bullshit, their farts smell, and they acknowledge that their farts smell, or at least Beale is acknowledging that their farts smell and is saying, well, if we can't solve this zombie virus, we might as well build a community that we can actually properly manage and not have any outside variables. We, all we can do is take care of our own. And so they're making sure that no other outside forces become a problem for them. Do you know what I mean? Well, except the dead. I mean, the um, dead. But they're like trying to account Lila for that and, factor. Right. But like Lila and like Jada say, the dead don't rest. They're never going to rest. So if there's one community left standing, and that's the source of food for these walkers, where do you think they're headed? <laughs> Which goes to a, a, a small aside that I had, uh, I think this is during our Fear the Walking Dead conversation uh, for last season, for season six. I had said, you know, what if in the air, high concentrations of people uh, attract walkers from all directions, let's say. Just generally speaking, in terms of, my, let's say like a migration pattern. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Because they did bring up migration patterns uh, with Dr. Bavilar, in the first Babble, season. Yep. And then yep. to a greater extent, these BO4s, right? Why is it that they keep coming back? There are people here, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, what I, are... I'm not a dummy. What, <laughs> yeah, what <laughs> are these about? walkers being attracted to? Right. Yeah. High concentrations well, of people. It's like... Um, Rufus? Rufus? Yeah. 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 Like how he could smell Wendell from so far away. Maybe the walkers have like super strong smell. Which goes back and to then, our... Mm -hmm. To Sanjay. <laughs> smell is the highest order. Of sense, going for, for the walkers. for the freshest meat, or yeah. what did he what did he say the yeah the smell of meat? smell of blood something like that yeah or the, yeah like fresh meat or something like that that's what yeah. they're most attracted to yeah not movement yeah. not this not that the smell of blood and it would make sense that if everything around them is dead except for one community the only smell would be coming from that community right that's where they're all going to converge right. Right. It would, that would make sense. It makes sounds, sense to me. Sounds have a, an effect, but when it comes to fresh meat, they will go for the fresh meat, period. So good job, team. <laughs> Sharon D saying, I thought it was interesting that Jadis called her by her first name instead of her military address when she killed Lila. You mean Gen Jennifer when she said? Yeah, when she said Jennifer. Unstrapper or un unstrap the barca. What, what did she say? <laughs> I don't remember how she said it. Uh, cut the restraints is what she said. Yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah, but she you're right. She did call her by her name instead of, hmm. 
that's got to mean something. Right. And she even noted in the episode, when they first met, she wouldn't call her by her first name. She called her Warrant Officer Stokes. Who did she say this to? Who was she talking to when this happened? Frank Newton? No, he's talking to her. Oh, is that what she was? She was, she was talking. She was telling Huck that she wouldn't call her by her first name. Yeah. What does it say? She said, "You still won't call me by my first name after." Oh yeah. Okay, but what do you think? That when is? they when they meet in the like lobby area or whatever. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she mentions in this episode. Is that what you're referring to as well? She mentions that no, in this episode. This uh, was, she, it was mentioned. She, in this episode, she calls Jennifer by Jennifer's first name. Is what Sharon do with? No, no. But in right. this episode, she even. Mi- Jadis makes mention that you wouldn't, you uh, Jennifer wouldn't call me by my first name when we first. But who was she talking to? Dennis. Dennis. I think she was talking to Dennis when I first saw your your wife. She wouldn't call me by my first name. Oh, I think that's maybe. what it was. It was Dennis. Maybe. No, no. I, I'm saying this because out loud, it was mentioned yeah. out loud, and like maybe we didn't register with us or whatever. I feel like again, there was something going on here. The very thing that made this whole series happen has something to do with Dennis and Huck and what they'd done and Jadis's involvement and, and rats in a cage, essentially, this whole project. Yeah. And then where does Jadis lie in all this? Is she in the inner three circles of Kublik, Jadis? And which also says it's very possible that Kublik is, well, okay, Kublik may still be in the middle. Kublik may be on behalf of the public, let's say the CR. She too does not believe. And furthermore, she's like, fuck this Beale guy. Um, I'm going to get <laughs> enough info on him so that I can expose him. Because where is she? I, I know we're going to see her. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that we're going to see her in the next episode, but I know that I saw some teasers into the next episode and that we do see her. I had said that mm-hmm. the whole team was going to save her and maybe she is the key to saving everybody because Portland is, as of the end of this episode, doomed. There's no way to get to them on time. There's no communications from here will be picked up, which brings back what we see in the newspaper, the CRBC extending their range, not just for communications, but probably to intercept communications so that Portland Mm. will never hear it coming. They will never see it coming. So, yeah, I don't know what to think about that. Mm -hmm. I keep going back to the picture we see on Kublet's desk of Huck's dad. We know we now have a face to Huck's dad. For some reason, I'm still, I, well, no, I can't be Beale because otherwise Huck and Mason would be related. But then again, we've never seen a, an interaction between those two. I don't know. I'm expecting Major General Beale to be someone that we have seen their face. And I think maybe it, it's Negan. Maybe it's Negan. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it could be impossible. Huck's dad though. I mean, we've, we've said this before too. I don't know if that makes sense because where does Malik come from? Dennis? What if it's Malik? That's not true. It's not true. No, you're right. Because she she, was Malik before she got married. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we know that's not true. What if it's Madison? What if it's Madison? What is it, season five of Fear the Walking Dead where we're going crazy? Guys, I I literally heard a (laughs) a clip. You guys. What what if the big bad is Madison? Fear the Walking Dead season five. No, you have like to, the whole Walking Dead universe. What if the big bad is Madison? And remember, he you is a he. The, so you have to cut this out. You have to cut this out. But that comes up with our chat with Alex. He, he says, "What if Eli is Madison?" <laughs> <laughs> you need to cut this out. Who said cut that? that out. He did. <laughs> Alex did. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty cool that he's that into the we show kinda, to know that. We, we kind of, ba- we kind of, we kind of, you know, uh, guided him to this. Yeah, we we sort of, yeah, threaded that needle for him. But yeah, he was on board with it. Further proof that Madison's yeah. dead. 
<laughs> no, no, Eli is Madison. He's gonna he's gonna unzip his Eli costume and Madison's inside. <laughs> yeah, but we're we're gonna be airing this after that episode. We our coverage, so yeah. So even yeah. then, Madison is dead because Eli dies at the end of the so. No, we don't see a no, body. That's no, part, we do that's see part a of body. the. <laughs> nope, that's part of the. That's that's. You got it. I just wait till I send it all to you. No, nope, yeah. he Eli's alive. Hashtag bring back Eli. <laughs> This, we can't keep we can't keep doing this. Let's bring up Sharon's take. The first thing I want to say is um, I am really enjoying the show a hell hell of a lot more than I did at the beginning of the season. They have really really cranked it up. I'm more excited to watch 208 than I was to watch Fear this morning. So Huck is the reason I am into this show right now. Like I feel so bad for her. She is just caught in between everybody. Everybody hates her. I think I feel like she's trapped by everybody. No matter which way she turns, there's an enemy, and and she's just stuck in the middle. And it's not like she did anything to really put herself there. She was just doing her freaking job, you know. She was escorting this kid to New York. She is so complex and so layered. And Annette is just doing a fantastic, fantastic job putting across Huck's insecurities and her. Fears. Do we all agree? Like, do we like? Do we like Huck? Oh yeah, yeah. Huck yeah, Huck yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like one of the only good characters. I I I like Huck. I mean, I have my favorites, but I, it doesn't really matter. But um, she's not one of them. But <laughs> I do I do like. <laughs> but we, we it's nice that we 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 were able to see from a couple episodes ago how she was basically getting screwed on all sides. Essentially, the kids don't yeah. like her. Leo has shot some really disgusted glances toward, uh, towards her today. Like right from the onset, oh, it's you? Oh, of course it's you. <laughs> and then Lila comes in and it's like, oh, I, I, I like Huck better. Wait, uh, Lila. Goodbye, Lila. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, you do get to see it on all sides. And if it happens to be that Dennis rats are out, oh my God, heartbreak city. But I don't think that's going to happen. Ooh. But then there is also that everybody hates Huck. Silas with a weapon grips it tighter. That little culling and maintenance weapon. Mm-hmm. So... But let's let's be real here. Do you feel like Silas is going to wreck Huck's life <laughs> in the next episode? Because I no, I just can't feel it. I don't I don't know. What do you? So you uh, you're Jasmine shaking her head too. I I have to say I don't feel the same way. Only because wouldn't it be something if Jadis looking at Silas going, "I have a good feeling about you," ties in very well to what Silas may do to Huck at the next in the next episode. Right? Wouldn't it be something if Jadis giving Silas the nod made it so that Silas could do something to Huck? And Silas doesn't have the same hangups as he did about killing things that he did in the first season. I don't think so. Again, fishing expedition. But narratively, ooh, what if Jadis is foreshadowing? Just like, kind of like Lila seeing her reflection in Barca's, you know, test subject area. We had said this about Madison when she was looking at the car in Just In Case, or mm-hmm. is it Just In Case? Yeah, yeah Just In was. Case. She saw her reflection in the walker, thus illustrating that, oh, her death is coming too. It was right, superimposed oddly onto her face. And so we saw that here also. We saw that their end was almost exactly the same. We saw that her end was met in the same place that Barker's was. Mm-hmm. And I- f- to, further the, to further the point of... That the CRM knowing everything, Jada seems to recite the exact same words she uses when she explains to the kids, these walkers are perpetual. They don't stop moving. Uh, the rat will eventually tire out is what she exactly says. Mm-hmm. And so again, we know Jada was listening and she knows to everything. everything. 
She knows Corporal Pierce everything. knows everything. A few episodes ago when we first see Jadis in the in the stinger and she's talking to Lila, you had mentioned how odd it was that she stood there and talked with her mask on, with her helmet on. And yeah. you had and you had said That's fucking I'm, rude. I'll miss, well, I'll miss well, yes, it was rude. Not not just that, but that she was acting like an executioner, right? And you were basically predicting that Jason Jadis would kill Lila. And that's exactly what we see here. So points to Dave. <laughs> Which is again, I, I not in the way I'd wanted. <laughs> right, right. Well, but but you were but you were right. I mean you saw yeah. the you saw the writing on the wall. Well, and even and even Jada says it at the end. She says, "Well, that's kind of what was. I, we knew, we knew that's what was happening, and it was only a matter of time. And maybe they wanted to just find an excuse to install Leo instead. Two pressure points. So, you know, what? Lila has has had her time. It's been eight years, Lila, or mm-hmm. maybe less, but probably eight years. You're useless to us. You're not getting any results done. Eight years is a little too long. I mean, I kind of agree with that. No, I'm kidding, but no, I don't agree with the results. Going back to Silas." I don't want to think that Silas could be could inadvertently, without him knowing all the details, take out Huck, and then what? What would where would that leave Dennis? Well, Dennis to? isn't going to let that happen, you know. No, I don't yeah. think so either. No matter what, I don't think so. I think they left us on this beautiful cliffhanger of oh, oh gosh, what's he going to do? And nothing's going to happen. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Huck's, Huck's going to smooth it over with her words. <laughs> well, then it almost makes me upset because. If we all feel like that's not going to happen, why would you even do it? To get our, you know I, you, to get our anxiety. Do you feel what I mean? They, this is, is this it? is how you get excited. Yeah, absolutely. This is how you get excited for the next episode. You need to leave the viewers with like a, oh, oh, could they? moment. No. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what you guys are talking about, so I have a funny feeling I didn't watch the end of the episode. Oh no! <laughs> oh, you know, you may have missed uh, Percy catching up with Huck at the end. Yeah, okay. and then she went to Dennis. And, after yeah, went yep. to Dennis. And then After her and Dennis leaving, talk, as as Jennifer is leaving the Cullingamate facility, they tr- she turns to Silas and sees him, and he goes, she goes, "Kid, we have a lot to talk about." Mm-hmm. And Silas, it just shows a, sh- a, a, a shot of Jennifer, but from Silas's back, and you see him grip his weapon tighter. Mm-hmm. Very foreboding, yeah. like. Oh yeah, I remember now. So, yeah. okay, I have a way with mind. words. <laughs> I'm lucky. Yeah, I remember. I'm lucky. Yeah, but that's that's specifically what we're talking about. But it, you still stand with the same statement that Silas wouldn't is not going to. Okay, but that's 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 the thing. If it's obvious to us, why even do it? I don't, I don't know. That's why it bothers me because, and not for the reasons you think. Because it gets in my head that if they're even bothering to do this, something will happen. I don't know what. Something will happen. Otherwise, it, it was stupid. It was just something dumb will happen. And stupid. Like between between Imagine Huck and between Huck. Yeah, that. I, between Huck, Huck and, and Silas. Silas? I know, I was thinking Something the same physical. thing. physical. Out of these three, De- Agent Dennis is the expendable one. Yeah. What if Silas just, like, kills Dennis? Like, you lied. Why isn't Silas expendable? Hold on. Let's let's think about this for a um, second. Because he's Silas. You shut your mouth. Silas is not going yeah. anywhere. I don't think they would get rid of Oh, so not... But... Oh, expendable... Okay, I see. So expendable to you, not. Okay, Correct. Fine, I get it. Yes. Okay, I, I meant in in the greater... What you, so why is De- speaking Agent as Dennis a expendable? Because we just met him. I'm no, we're not all we that attached him. to him. Fuck him. Yeah, he's new. I, I don't think it's about expendability. I just think like um, like a logical decision process could be like, Silas is like, fuck you with her, you with her yep. kills him before knowing the full picture, and then Hook is left to pick up the pieces. But that, Maybe like restrains him, explains it. But even that, so you're saying accidentally, right? That. Because I do feel a lot of love between or like Silas in a rage. Yeah, yeah, like in a race. Silas could feel that. Silas could feel like um like Dennis has been playing him the whole time too. 
maybe Silas will oh, feel like Dennis has been spying yeah, on him for exactly. Huck. That's exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. Although I just, I just don't think. Yeah, I don't know. And then we have to remember that he's a kid too, right? Mm-hmm. So impulses, yeah. Impulse, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. And he's a teenager, Fine. so we know he's a psychopath. Obviously, he's he's done he's done something similar to that before. Something, yeah, yeah. But given his background, mm-hmm. or at least that's the assumption. I mean, we've seen the truth. The truth, though, you know, he was just defending his family and couldn't do it 100% successfully. And now all the people that he cared about anyway are dead, so... What if he thinks that killing Dennis is protecting his family? Uh, <laughs> well, it depends on what he thinks about it. Because it all comes from Huck. That's the thing. It, he would, Dennis is secondary. But Dennis would, being aligned with Huck is, is primary. So. Oh, yeah. I think for Silas, killing Huck would be him protecting his family. I mean, if if he considers Percy part of that family, I, I guess. You know what I mean? If she's capable of doing this, then she could do it to somebody else. And so I have to take her out before she kills Iris, really, is probably what he's thinking. <laughs> I'm glad I got into your heads because, honestly, doing that when we all of us feel like that nothing will happen is stupid. But it, now that they've done it, it makes me think that they're going to do something stupid, meaning Silas is going to attack somebody. So... I'm sorry. It just makes I, me weirded out, and I feel like yeah. it's it's it sh- you shouldn't do that if if you're not going to do anything about it. I still don't think they're going to do anything. To be honest, 100. percent I think when if this with, with is a two huge episodes if, left, this is a huge if. Even if they sh- they start this this next scene right there, I still don't think anything's going to happen. What I think is going to happen is we're going to jump forward in time, and we're either going to be in the middle of the conversation that Huck and Silas are having, or they will have already had it. And I know, I I know, but that's, we've, we have seen this happen. Mm. As much as I don't want Silas to kill anyone, (laughs) imagine how cruel it would be to see someone killed with one of them pokey things. Besides a walker? <laughs> a living person? Yeah, like yeah. a person. Like, imagine how sick I know. I, I, it's just horrific. But I guess, okay, let's take that on the extreme. Fine. If that were to happen, that would show, that would also honestly show the cost of what this rat race that's been imposed on everybody involved in this project has, has, has wrought. And that's poetic. It's sad. And it tracks. Again, with the Walking Dead universe, it does somewhat track. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, but here we are. And you know what? I think honestly, if you really track engage the fans, I think they would like it too. Uh, if it's hard to argue that they wouldn't like mm-hmm. it, I mean, they won't like it as oh yay, people just randomly dying. No, <laughs> but like in terms of like okay, we can get past this if there's a purpose to it or if there's a uh, if this all means something in the end. I don't know. Does that make sense, what if I'm saying? The, if the ends justify yeah. the means. Sort of. And I hate to say this, but AMC would never allow World Beyond to be like, yay, we've queued it. Oh, oh, yeah, no, no. Because yeah. what it would mean for the other shows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's why I use the word meaning, because purpose implies an end goal. Meaning means, okay, what is Silas killing, let's say, Huck? God forbid, right? Right? What does that mean for everybody else? What, what does that do to everybody else? And then some of that's good, some of that's bad. Who knows? But there has to be meaning to it. Not like a goal, like a cure sort of thing. Anyway, so we say this with everybody. Like, Glenn not dying, oh, means that... Or Glenn dying, that means something. And means our gang goes a certain direction, and unfortunately. But mm-hmm. anyway, so let's let's continue with Sharon D's head, because she's going to say something that I think we're all going to have to talk about at some point. Uh-oh. That being said, Huck and Jadis together are totally rocking my world. I love them so much. They are the reason I love this show right now. I I did not like Jadis on, on Walking Dead, but this Jadis, 
I like is this her 16th <laughs> different somebody or something? I don't know, but I am digging this Jadis. And her and Huck together, their scenes are just really dynamic and you just never know where either well you know where Huck stands, but you just don't know where Jadis stands and I love that not knowing. It's exciting. It makes it fun. I'm pretty sure she's probably going to die by the end. <laughs> What do you think about okay, Huck and Jadis? I happen to agree. Yeah. I had written it in my notes. I said, you know what? As much as I don't like this fuckery, uh, <laughs> those two work really, really well together. Don't you think? Yes. Yeah. I I'm like I am just like on pins and needles every time I see Huck and Jadis together. Like this intricate game of chess between the two of them. Like this one makes a move, and then that one makes a move. But like it just oh yes. Unfortunately. I do agree. I think we may say goodbye to Jadis by the end of the season. I don't know what to think. I'll be really, really honest with you. And I'll tell you why. Because there is a scene that we have not yet seen in this series that feels like it's going to be a time, uh, a flashback of Jadis in some sort of war theater. Oh, because when you she's see her under a, the tent? In a tent. And she turns yeah. around? Yeah. Yep. And a lot of people are speculating that she is addressing General Beale in this one. Mm. I'm not sure. I don't... I doubt it. I feel like they are going to keep Beale to the chest, to the vest, uh, either all the way till the very end or, or in the movies. I, I feel like they're not ready for that casting yet or some, or some sort of thing. Is but, there even uh, a script yeah. written for the movies yet? Have they done anything besides throw it out into the world? Like, talk about I it? I, I believe there is a script. Okay. All I right. know that was that makes it's me been feel under a development. Better. Yeah, I mean, they can't have been developing this for over a year. I We've mean, been, they must have had... It, We've uh, been hearing about these movies for, like, four years. <laughs> Maybe longer. Yeah, I just don't... Maybe even I just longer. don't think they've been developing it for this long. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, and also, like, I don't know. In terms of all the plot points between all the other Walking Dead Universe shows and then trying to factor all of that into the movies, ultimately, I, I don't know what this is going to be. So I, I have to imagine that there is a script that is constantly being revised. I mean, if you've ever heard of the story of um, Die Hard... Die Hard script yeah. was, it only had like a, a couple of pages and they kept writing it as the movie was filming. Yep. So I, I can see this being sort of the same way, rewriting, rewriting, rewriting to adjust for the greater universe. But then you have the chief content officer and being involved, you know, and Scott Gimple. So he knows where all the plot points are supposed to hit. I do like the interplay between Jadis and Huck. I do. Uh, on, on, a, on a watcher level, it's good to see them work together. On the other hand, there is something that bothers me about it in that I feel like Jadis is playing Huck the entire time. Like, she, she almost basically admits it. She says, yeah, I wanted you to do this. I wanted an excuse to do the thing we already knew about, which leads Huck to ask, yo, so you were testing me again. You Both you and my mom have been testing me. For what? For what? Loyalty, right? It's a loyalty mm -hmm. test. Mm-hmm. Right. The initial test with Kublik was just to remind everybody the uh, hope. her allowing Hope to be thrust out into the wild to see if Jennifer would stop her. Uh, didn't. <laughs> and there you go. She cut the restraints for, uh, from Barca, Walker, Bar empty Barca, to attack Lila. <laughs> and I, I did. you did feel her kind of say, what did you say, Jadis? What, what? You want me to? Because I, I saw like a, a, a Huck in that moment go, I'm cool with doing bad to do good. But what good does this do? Yeah. Really, though? Really, right? Well, yeah. So... I mean, we, we know that Lila and um, Dr. Abbott were a team working on this secret project. So I guess I was assuming Lila and Leo would also be a team. But that's not how it's playing out. <laughs> I, I had to think on that one, too. Because I wrote in my notes. I wrote this in my notes before I figured it out. I said, you know, Jadis, she's a good egg. <laughs> like, in my head, I'm like... <laughs> 
because because here she is. She's, she's laying out this like really interesting gravel like for them to walk on. You know what, Leo? We've had our falling outs, right? You know, you you violated the rule sixteen times. I didn't give you your interrogator. There's a lot that's been happening here. Lila showed me this. She brought back the sample. Like we know things have happened, but you know what? Let's bygones be bygones. Let's start from scratch. I'm going to give you back Felix, your Mr. Carlucci, your your security detail here, your daughters. I know they were involved, but here, you know what? They're fine. Everybody's cool. Lila's even cool. Cool. Everybody's awesome. <laughs> We're going to let you guys continue working on the thing, blah, blah, blah. I wrote, I wrote my notes really quickly. I said, you know, maybe she's a, she's a good egg, you know? It's like, I'd seen the episode already. But even then, I was just kind of like, this seems awfully odd. You know, like, that she's, oh, she must be on our side. It turns out later, you know, when, when, when in fact... And I, I really do think if General Beale sees that there's a result with this whole uh, lack of reanimation project, I think General Beale will go, okay, well, this changes everything. Fine. Okay. Maybe this could work, this whole thing that we thought up eight years ago. Maybe this can actually work. But seeing it that it doesn't, she gotta go. And so it's genius because I thought to myself, whatever happened to just one, right? Negan, just one mm. to make an example. And, and I, I went down the list of people that Jadis could have taken out that just one to get Leo motivated. And I thought Felix. And I was like, okay, whatever. I thought the kids, nah. But what is the just one? Lila. Lila. The just one is Lila. Why does that make sense? It's exactly like what you were saying. It's almost exactly like what you were saying about Dennis. Well, she is the weakest. Well, hey, she says it herself. I'm off to find weak links. Do, 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 do. And true to form, the weakest link is Lila. She's not a direct family member. Felix Carlucci is the la one of the last remaining people from Campus Colony. But she doesn't know, maybe, she doesn't know that Leo looks at him like a son, you know? Mm -hmm. But enough so that if she had even deigned to touch any of, even, any of those kids, Leo would most likely revolt. But Lila, having lied to him, having concealed her, you know, oh, you know she went to, to Kublik, right? Talking about your daughter. Did she? And he acts surprised. Mm -hmm. He has this face of shock. And we know it's acting, though, because he knows because Lila told him she went to... Oh, which I thought was brilliant. I, I did a double take. I'm like, you are good, Leo. But what else is he rolling his eyes about when it comes to Huck? Like, rolling his eyes at Huck, is that is that acting? Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder. I, re I really I, wonder. I like the part where Huck questions him about where people were. And Leo's like, uh, Felix was with you, remember? Oh, Huck. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was with Huck. Yeah. On patrol. And I think, I think it was an act. I, I had a thought about this. I'm like, oh, Leo, you dropped the ball. You said loved, not love. Mm -hmm. But, may but maybe yeah. he was planting seeds for Lila to get the ultimately get killed, too. And it worked. Wait. Like, if you, Lila wait, were to screw him Leo in this moment. Are you saying Leo wanted to get Lila killed? Not, not <laughs> killed. Not, I don't think he wanted I, to get in trouble. Yeah, I don't think anything he, would have happened think, to her. Yeah, but I think he knows that when you get in trouble with the CRM, that means your life. I mean, could could, Maybe. could could mean your life. But I think he's even heard Lila say, "Oh, you and and me are too exp are not expendable." You know, so maybe he thought oh. if. Okay. He defrayed a little bit. And maybe he didn't think that they would kill her. Maybe he still doesn't know she's killed. Who knows? Oh, yeah, she's been recalled indefinitely. Oh, <gasps> Lila. Uh, uh, Ooh, you know, what if they right? do lie to him and say she went went somewhere instead of, or or more accurately, reassigned somewhere? Because she wouldn't just leave. But if they say we reassigned her somewhere else. <gasps> yeah. W but you know what? Lila said the same thing about Dr. Abbott. Oh, he mm -hmm. went back to Portland. Oh, his family's sick. Mm -hmm. Same goes for Leo, right? But Leo, Leo, as far as we know, 
Still doesn't know the truth about Abbott, though. He might still think he's nope. back in Port- Portland. But he will. Right? He's about to, he's about unless to find they, out. Unless they liquidate that walker. I mean, if but they the, did, the ruse is still going. But the footage is still there. I mean, there's still footage of what they recorded Dr. Abbott, the observation Oh, and then footage. he does know the truth anyway, because if Portland is, is on the chopping block anyway, I think he's kind of put together. He's going to have to find that out. They're going to have to tell him, right? Well, maybe, I guess maybe they oh, don't have to tell him. Oh, you know what? She tells the girls. She tells the girls, oh, he was threatening to expose them. So they all know the story. Uh-huh. So it doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They'll tell The girls me know that They'll he was threatening to expose them. Yep. We got a lot this episode, didn't we? <sighs> oh, I really liked the line that, that Jadis give, uh, delivers to Leo and she asks him, are you motivated? It's not enough just to force him to do the work. She wants him. I don't know. Maybe I interpreted this. To want this, to do it. Y- yes. Thank you. I, maybe I just interpreted like Dennis. it strangely, but she wants him to want this, not just work under duress, but actually want results or, you know, like, are you motivated to do that? I just thought that was a really interesting line. It wasn't about, we're going to make you do this. It was, we want you to want this. Much like Dennis says to Silas too. Yeah. Yes. So then maybe, <clears throat> maybe we have all the proof we need to know that Jadis might be one of those good soldiers that Silas mentions. You're one of the good ones. One of the good which ones. Which I, I like. I love hearing that because it reflects what uh, what Hope says about the general CR. There's got to be good people here. They're scientists. Yep. They're not culpable. They're, yeah. they're innocent. So shut up, Iris. They're not all and, evil. And Dennis... <laughs> And, and and so to Silas's point, there must there must be good CRM soldiers. It's a stretch, I know, it's whatever, but that's what Silas says. I'd be willing to say most of the soldiers are good people because they are just following orders. They're not making these decisions. They're doing I'm what they're a told. Hard time with that one. I, I <laughs> I'm mean, really having I, a hard time with that one. I, I mean, if this is the only option to survive. You're going to do it, right? Because that means do this or die. It, it does go to science, though. And even, so, like, let's talk Stanley Milgram experiment, the peddling influence, the, the idea of the appeal to authority. But then even going further than that, there's influence in general, human nature. There's, there are these debates about free will. How much free, how much free will do we actually have? The, the jury's out. You don't have free will. Everything right. is predetermined. Right. And Iris, the, the um, third degree that Iris gives to Lila, I'm like, sh- shut up, Iris. Like, the Lila's options were shut up and do your job or be killed. Uh, of course she's going to shut up and do her job. <laughs> yeah. To, to Barca's point, like, if you look at Barca's speech, he, he gets the glory of this episode. Blood and lies. That line, blood and lies, comes from Barca's lips just as he's about to get killed. Hey, congrats to Al Calderon. You know, he comes back and he comes back in a blaze of gory. <laughs> in a blaze of gory. <laughs> he gets some, the, the best line of the Because the whole thing is about admissions. Like, okay, we only have one life. And we got to make it count. This is like the original tagline of the series, too. We got to make it count. Elton really kind of gets this one, too. He gets this point. Because he does say this, you know, we, we, if I only have one life, I want to see it before I go. I want to see this the world as it is before I go. Or maybe before we fix it. I don't know. But I want to see it for what it is before we... Maybe everything goes back to normal even. I I am stretching because it's clearly not going that way. (laughs) The whole thing that Barker really says, and I love, again, I love the symmetry between he and Dennis, where Dennis kind of goes back to the soldier, to being the soldier. Barker goes the other way. Barker takes his individualism back. He goes, I see this for what it is. I see what's going on here. You guys meant well at one point, but didn't take a lot to go another way. This, this reminds me a lot 
a lot, and I paid close attention to this because my family came from Syria. That my family were Jewish refugees seeking political asylum in the United States. So when I saw the Arab Spring, I saw the same exact thing happen. The people in my family had the most unique insight into what happened there. When we, when I first saw it. I saw it as really a really cool thing, a chance for there to be some sort of level of dis- something resembling democracy in Middle Eastern countries, rather than theocracy or autocracy. But like all well-meaning things that have a hard time flourishing, they get co-opted by bad actors. And you, we've been seeing that for the last couple of years in many respects with many different movements. And I, I don't mean to get political or anything like that, but the, there are facts on the ground that it was started as one thing and it got corrupted and co-opted as the other thing. So goes... This whole lab experiment, this whole, the whole purpose of Project VOTUS had well-meaning intentions about you know, getting a foothold into getting things back to normal. But it only takes one thing, one person at the top with bad intentions to say, well, you know, maybe we can do this while we're at it. You know, maybe we can you know, take out this, this community here. Maybe we can take out that community there. Maybe we can remove the competition while we're doing the, the good thing. But all, that's all it takes. One person with self-interest to fuck everything up. Fuck everything up. Blood and lies. How much blood does it have to take to topple the whole project down? Because how much of your soul do you have to parcel off for this to be even worth it? Which is why Barker's saying what we do now matters. We've we've sold our future, but what we do now matters. We're in hell now. So everything we do now counts. Lila, wake up. Wake up. What you're doing right now is not working. You were lied to, and you're still not seeing the truth. Jasmine, do you agree that Jadis might be on the chopping block? That Jadis will die in this this series? I don't know either. I'm really not sure. Feels like, feels almost wrong to bring bring somebody back after they've been gone this long. It all depends, like, how the series ends, and I think that's still very good, yeah. Oh my god. That's, isn't that a great place to be? Well, let me, (laughs) let me ask, can I ask a different question? Do, do either of you... Do either of you um, believe Jadis when she, how she um, explains to Huck that she believes in the CRM? Does she truly believe in the CR and the CRM and what they're doing? I think she's just looking out for her own self-interest. She's all on board the CRM train as long as it keeps benefiting her. It's like the okay. whole, like the whole thing of like, oh, I just want a promotion. I think she just genuinely just turns a blind eye to it because it's like, well, I've got. I'm getting food. I'm having fun. I'm messing with people. So as long Why as she's not? climbing that ladder, she as as she's okay she's with what's happening. As, as long as she's got a, um, a full meal in her stomach and some toilet paper, she's not too bothered what's going on. Okay. Okay. So my next question to that would be: Don't you think that makes her a bad guy, <laughs> turning mm-hmm. a blind eye to the genocide? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is all you, Jasmine. <laughs> that's, that's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I'm gonna go with yes. Yeah. I'm gonna say that she has bought in. She does believe that they ha- they're the only if if anybody they're the ones that can maybe get some sort of foothold into everything. So she believes in their messaging. Does that not mean that she'll do anything within the purview of the CR to benefit herself? Nope. She'll do whatever it takes. Fine. You can still believe in that. You, you can walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. I think that Jadis is Morgan. <laughs> you gotta explain that a lot, okay. a lot. <laughs> She doesn't die. Oh, she won't die. Ooh. Sorry. There you go. Ahead. <laughs> what I mean is, like, I think you know, Jadis was out in the world. She saw all of her people die, and I think, like, the whole like watching everything that happened when she was with like the main show people. I think that like completely was like her like villain origin story, like Morgan when Dwayne dies, and now she's just completely in this kind of mess. Mm. But 
she just needs like some. <laughs> he, she, he just she just needs a stick and some. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think what I'm saying is I think she can come back. Oh 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 okay okay okay. So you're saying she's gone a certain direction and there's a chance she could come back so, to the side of the. So Jadis is in clear mode right I now. See. Clear mode. Yeah, mm. Jadis is, Jadis is in clear version. Jadis okay. is in clear mode, and he okay. needs a guy with a goat. Okay, I like that. <laughs> oh. I- <laughs> Oh, oh, so then like the, the question around, I don't know that I'm all along with this ride, but like <laughs> in your estimation of the people on the board, who would that be of our people? Ooh. Is it, is it explain, Jennifer? Explain the question. Like, who would be uh, Eastman, Eastman in this scenario? For Jadis. Leo? Uh, what, if Dennis, we haven't, what if we haven't huh? met our Eastman yet? Yeah, I mean, we only got hey, three episodes to go. <laughs> the real Eastman came out of nowhere. Maybe it's Rick. Maybe it's Rick. Maybe Why wouldn't it's it be Rick? Rick? I mean, Rick. She yeah, saved Rick. Because Rick she knows Rick. And returns she saved a favor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who better to teach morality? And then when Rick is yeah. Major General Beale, it all makes sense. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> well, I so let me let me expand on what I was saying before. I do think she believes in the cause. I think she will be jadising, kind of like Neganing, right? The same <laughs> principle. Because if we're going to pretend like there's order amongst the chaos, Jadis is going to just walk through the raindrops. She'd be like, I know what's going on here. But uh, let's let's pretend like I'm on board. Like, I think she really does believe it. I think also, if you think order has been restored yet, you haven't met Jadis. That's what I think. Because this is all going to go back to what I didn't expand on when Jadis and Silas meet. I think the thing that we have to recognize in Silas and Jada's meeting is that they're both clearly outsiders or they've always felt like they will always be outsiders no matter how many times Silas will meet a Dennis in his life <laughs> or like a Marco Voce who, who does accept him kind of like his uncle and who was also in a maintenance facility kind of reliving re redoing the past I don't know about the good feeling that Jadis has about Silas I don't know what that is at all. That's the only reason why I linked him destroying Huck is very useful to her. Maybe that's the good feeling, foretelling the future. I don't know. I don't want to say that's true. Let's just leave that out in the ether for it to be out there in the ether and no. And I don't, I'm not committed to this thought. But what I do see is two outsiders. Silas having the potential to be that outsider to see things for the way they are. Just like Jadis being an outsider in whatever community. Even, I think even with the junkyard people, even though she was a person in leadership, she had made it up. They don't know the real me. Those trash people don't know the real me and they never will. Mm -hmm. I made them up. I built them. I made them and I saw them tumble down. The only person I was real with in any capacity was Father Gabriel. I think that's kind of sweet. And I think that that will never happen again unless, oops, unless Father Gabriel happens to show up somehow and then wrecks her shit up. Or maybe he's the Eastman. I don't know. Or maybe maybe she'll find her own grace. Oh, like like Morgan. I yeah. to make that clear <laughs> for people yeah. who don't watch that show. I, I would, um, I would just like to double down on my Jace's Morgan thing. Morgan believed that he needed to clear everyone and everything, just like Jadis. And the CR writ large. And the, and the, the CRM, CRM, obviously. Yeah. The CRM yeah. were like, yeah, let's kill everyone and everything. That was Morgan's philosophy. Jadis yeah. yeah. into it. I'm just clearing the dead. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> so, so the, right. the CRM could come back. The whole of the CRM. No, I, I, is Jasmine saying the CRM could be redeemed? Is that what you mean? Everyone, everyone can be redeemed. Oh, Jasmine! If, if you fully, like no, me. if you fully buy into Morgan's philosophy, everyone can be yeah. redeemed. That's why I, I do feel like, like that Morgan. about the soldiers. 
But, I mean, Major General Beale, it seems like he's the one calling the shots. So I'm not sure about a redemption for Or steering the ship, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The stick. Jasmine's showing everybody Morgan. Season four, five, whatever, Morgan. Season four, five, whatever. I don't know, whatever. Walking Dead, Morgan. Season four. That kind of brings me to Iris and Percy. Because Percy has his encounter. Let's talk about Percy for a second. Percy has his encounter with Huck and comes away feeling rattled he comes back to the family with the plans and how, how can Percy have this interplay about again both being sort of on the outside really a little bit just a little bit because Percy is sort of on the inside of Iris's vagina so uh, but you know anyway can I, can I just say while we're on the, this topic I, sure, I literally please. wrote in my notes Iris plus Percy equals cringe Ugh. but let me get to, let me get to that first though because it seems like we we do a lot of I, and I like that we do a lot of cleanup and catch up at the end where Huck is relaying this to Dennis, uh, Percy's relaying this to the family roundtable. There, everybody seems to be now on the same page of what's going on throughout this entire series. We we're like, what is this for? What is this about? Why did they kill all these people? Why is the CRM the way they are? But now it seems like we have at least a very very much clearer picture of what's going on, and now so does everybody else except for Silas. <laughs> but but now that we know what we know. Hope saying in this family roundtable, uh, except the scientists, we got to get them out. Mm-hmm. There's there's some people here that that needs to be saved. And so I love saying, how they don't mention one of the, the the kids, like the students who are attending. No, no, like- I think they imply <laughs> they imply the kids and the student. They okay. they're throwing that whole thing. Yeah, that, okay, good. That's that's what I got so, out of that. Yeah. You think Hope would leave Mason behind? Come on, Rachel. <laughs> I don't know. What she we, did just find he out he's Major Jill, Major Beale's son. So her feelings Which may is have now switched. Which I, I call him Mason General Beale. Mason we, Gen- we, we, we called it a couple episodes ago, too. Yeah. Like Mason General Beale. <laughs> just like Hook, you can't choose your parents. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's I like, so much more we can I say like about Mason. that. I like Mason. I almost wonder if he's going to, I don't know, do something. Be a big, be a big part later. Like maybe he's got he's got some information in his head that we don't know about yet. It, it makes me think that like we all have this thought that Mason is going to go along with the kids. As soon as Hope spills the beans about what his dad may have wrought on her own community and by extension Omaha, we all seem to think that Mason is going to cop on. But what if he doesn't? What if he takes the guilt and shame about him not pursuing the same military track as his dad as an opportunity to get in line with, to get in his father's favor or his graces? Because we all have this need to please our parents, though. Sharon D is saying Mason equals Dakota, and Jasmine is emphatically oh. disagreeing. <laughs> oh, but let's let's talk. Let's so let's talk about that just a little bit, only because we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. But but what do you? What do you? Why why do you say that, Jasmine? Do you feel like he because you like him, or but is it like more than that? Why would he be Dakota? Well, I'm not saying Dakota, well, J- but like <laughs> what, I, what I just said. Sharon D is saying that Mason is like Dakota in the sense that he's a kid that lives in proximity to information. So he, he may be but overhearing he and really because he's not with his dad. Do we know that? Well, does his dad live at this, the research facility? We have no idea where major general Beale is. We have no idea. No, well, he's in the city now. We, know he's we do know he's in the there. city. Do we? The, the, this main CR city. Yep. Because of the newspaper. Well, and he was where he there made the at from. that time. He was there at that time. The announcement was made. It's a safe we don't assumption. know where he's at now. Oh, you might be right. 
You might be right. You're right. You might be right. I, it's a safer assumption, but at the same time, we don't know. Yeah. We don't. Well, he's. Let's say where he's not. It doesn't feel like he's at the research facility. At least, I mean, yeah, everybody we would kind of be. Or we also don't know what he looks like. Said, You're right. Maybe we yeah, have. Maybe we have seen him, and we have no idea because we don't know who the fuck he is. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's yep. Leo. <laughs> Maybe Eli's Madison. What? Maybe he's maybe he's the other guy in the picture that we saw in season one, where it was Leo Abbott, Lila, and Mystery Man. We haven't seen uh, that guy. You know what? No, the, we saw that guy in the last episode, though. Oh, in, in the, the very beginning. beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we haven't seen so him he's, he's, since. So where is this guy? Is he? He's definitely not a. Son. Is he oh, cadaver yeah. chum? So the, what is his? Yeah, I think so. I think so. What, what do you think? I don't think that's Beale. Beale's not a scientist. No. He's a military no. guy. No. Mason makes that very clear. No, I know. Wait, what if Beale is Dennis? <laughs> well, he wouldn't be—he wouldn't be punishing himself if he were Beale, right? He wouldn't be at the culling maybe, post. Maybe it's all part of the ruse, you know, so he can be separated from the, the CR. I like—I'm liking Sharon's theory. Maybe it's Heath. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this shit. So let's just end the series now, because I'm not going to buy that. <laughs> I'll I will Why not? Why if he if Heath shows up, I will throw a, a brick through my screen. Heath has to be somewhere. He's got to be no, somewhere. He what happens when Mason turns out to be like a major douchebag and is like telling his dad everything and like That's we what find I'm out, saying to you. Yeah, and we find all. out he's the reason. Like he's if been recording happens, everything I'll back. Be, I'll be on Major General Beale's side. <laughs> you'll you'll. Be- <laughs> I feel like ending the show here. Kill them all, <laughs> says Jasmine. <laughs> but this is kind of what I wanted to get to. Huck and Percy have this heart to heart, resembling a heart to heart. I think in one breath she admits he knows, obviously, but she gives him the details. This is the exact thing that happened. It's not as if I took the wrench and beat your your uncle's face in repeatedly until he died. I at least gave him the mercy, uh, mercy killing mm-hmm. that he deserved. You know, okay. That's, that's what I got out of it. Did, did you feel that the same way? No, that, I, no. You know, I shot him first. Oh, you didn't, you didn't feel that? No. Cause I thought no, like, not at all. that's, that's a, that's a little bit of a consequence. Like okay, small potatoes, but like to me, I think if that was me, Percy, I'd feel a little bit like, okay, that's a bit of a mercy killing. What I saw was Huck, um, trying to get Percy to shoot her. I, I, no, I saw that too. I yeah. saw that as well. But I also felt like, I don't know, I felt like if I was Percy, that would be, it's a cold comfort, but I thought maybe it would be a little bit of a mercy. Like, okay, at least he wasn't beaten to death in his final minutes. I don't know. If you You were in Percy's position, is that, I mean, would that little bit of a difference mean anything to you? I mean, the result is still the same, you know? I'll I'll say this much. Like, I feel like every, in this moment where she could die, I feel like every little bit counts. (laughs) But ultimately, no, you're right. I do feel like... Uh, she was trying to at least if this is how I'm going to go, no more blood and lies. Yeah. No more. No more. I did this because I believed in something. And now I'm here to tell you, I don't believe in that something. And then she tells him, I did this because I thought the things that we were doing mattered. And it turns out that was all bullshit. And I did this to your uncle. Now I'm going to tell you exactly how I did it to your uncle so that you understand that Mm. I'm not a monster. I didn't beat him to death with rage in my face. But I also did it because they told me that this is ultimately, we can't let anything happen. We can't let anybody inside and we can't let strangers be on the inside and and wreck our projects. But it turns out, here's what that project is. And here's why it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. And then I want you, and if it means you kill me now, fine. But I want you to know so that you can tell 
the kids. You could tell everybody back home exactly what's going on. You're going to do what you got to do. Yeah. If it means I die. But then she says, she says carefully, she says, I want you to pull that trigger. But I know that if you do, you won't live. And I don't want that for you. Yeah. And I thought that was very cool. And then take that and you relay that back to Iris and he having pillow talk. But you know, the scientists, they're not fighters. Like what? It's and then like, <laughs> but I wanted to see you again. That's why I wanted to see you. Iris sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I concur. I wanted to read what Sharon D um, had said about the way Huck is talking to Percy. Yeah. She says, I love the calm tone she uses when she's talking someone down, like in general. But this time we see her, it was more depressed and sad than that, you know, cool, suave huck that we know. It was, it was her really feeling this, I think, you know. Or cold even, like. Yeah. Like, we've seen Huck just know, like, this shut off. Like, when Percy's like, yeah, like, when you killed my uncle, she goes, hmm. Yeah. You know, like, she kind of just turns everything off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was more of an admission. This was, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. But going to the pillow talk scene with Iris and Percy. I think this is the first time, this, I, I hate to admit this, this is the first time I feel like Percy is now conning. I'm late to the party on this one because the mm-hmm. question has been asked why, or I don't know, you guys haven't asked it yet, but why does Percy still not kill Huck, even after he has all the information? And I thought it makes sense because Huck is telling the truth. He knows when somebody's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And if he does kill uh, Huck in this moment, he will die. And A, he will die never having relayed the information to all the other people. But hey, he'll just die, and he doesn't want to die. I don't think that's what he wants. He's not in it, in it for the revenge. He's, he's in it for the self-preservation. Mm-hmm. So now he's in bed with Iris, and there's this pillow talk about, you know, oh, the fighters, they're so dumb. And, then, and he goes, I don't want to leave. I don't want to go. I don't want you to go. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, he's now I feel like he's allying himself with his best chance of surviving. It feels weird. Something feels off. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Or do you feel like now he genuinely has feelings for Iris? And now I'm the one who thinks it's a con. I know. I can't, honestly, I can't ever really, really tell with Percy. I mean, yeah, I think I do think he likes Iris. I've always thought he liked her. You do? I've always okay, thought. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure now. No, I've always thought he liked Iris. Likes. Genuinely likes Iris. Yes, I do think he does. I, I feel like, okay, I'll say this and then I'm done with that whole thing. I feel like. It may be true that he no longer wants to seek revenge against Huck because he feels like that is too, the con is too big. This is like Houdini's, this would be Houdini's greatest trick. If I can get in there, kill Huck and get out, I'd be better than Houdini. (laughs) I'm not. Maybe just like the message of this episode, something that Dennis says, yeah, Dennis says this to Silas, you got to learn to let, sometimes you got to learn to let shit go. And that's why he was also, Dennis was also very good symmetry for Lila. Lila's whole raison d'etre was... Uh, similar to Ed Gain from Damage on the Inside, which we did mention. It's, I have to be able to recreate the circumstances that led to the demise of my family in order to get a win. Mm. I just want to get that. Eight years later, still haven't gotten it, but Dennis says it very clearly. Sometimes you just got to learn to let shit go. Got to learn to let shit go. And then we go back to Percy. Maybe he has. Maybe he's let go of his uncle. And now it's just about getting at the fuck out. <laughs> And maybe he's attaching himself to the Bennets because that's his best way. Yeah. Maybe he can see how reckless Iris's rage is being. being. Yeah. He he sees. And it's useful. Yeah. He sees what path he could go down if he lets the rage that he's feeling over his uncle and what he's feeling towards Huck, if he lets that take him over, he's going to be acting and behaving just like Iris is right now. And he's seeing how reckless that is. 
So maybe he's yeah, learning from this her is mistakes. why him saying what he says about I don't want to take I don't want enough people have died. Mm-hmm. I don't want my actions to be responsible for your father's death, your sister's yeah. death, your brother, your brother's death. I think that is somewhat genuine. But that so then okay, but he said the thing out loud. If he knows all this and she's he's seeing her being vengeful and he's still going along with Iris's ride, well then there's a darker purpose here. Or he's using her. Who's bro- oh Felix is technically their brother. Yeah, uh, the Bennett's brother and brother because he's practically yeah. a Leo's adopted son. Essentially, and, and they and hope Should've he and hope clear. he and hope have that conversation about him being their brother. So I'm yeah yeah. So act like it. <laughs> exactly exactly. So we're on the same page as far as Percy goes. Like now it's a lot more clear. It's a lot more clear that things don't make sense. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at right now. That's that's how I feel. What do, you, what do you feel, Jasmine? <laughs> Percy sucks too. Okay, she doesn't care. It's fine. Because <laughs> I, 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 I have reason... a range of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what Lil Sebastian is in reference to, but she was... Oh, in reference to The Walking Dead. Mason, maybe. Well, when I, hear, I think when I hear... From the Commonwealth. Little, when I hear Lil Sebastian, I think of Parks and Rec. I, I think she's... <laughs> I'm being serious. It might have something to do with Parks and Rec, Lil Sebastian. Um, but the seeing how far... Mason. See Mason. Yeah, that's what she was referring to. Sebastian from the Commonwealth as Mason. You know, parallel. Oh, possibly. Okay, sorry. That Sebastian hadn't even entered into my mind because they haven't technically said his name on the show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But she was seeing how far he was willing to go uh, is in reference to Huck and Percy. Their their conversation. Huck was trying to see how far Percy was willing to go. When she was pushing, telling him that's the gun I shot you with, mm-hmm. and did it, you know she was poking yeah. him. Oh, po- that could poking be it the, too. Poking sure. the bear. But even Sharon D is saying something that I had said previously, previously, which was going back and watching S one. He really does show interest because he she saw him as someone worth saving and the person that he thought he could be this this hero or this courageous person that he could be something that he never thought he could be while he was with his uncle. Uh, you know, solely fair. So, but I'm <laughs> I'm now I'm in a position where I don't feel that way. I don't, I don't know how to feel about this because he's seeing the writing on the wall with Iris. She's saying they're not fighters. Why are we, why are we wasting our time in taking that big of a risk to take these people to, uh, to evacuate these people from the CR before we blow the shit up? So Iris is basically saying the only people in the world who have value are people who can fight. No, but she is saying something that you said, uh, is the thing that matters most. (laughs) You had said on several occasions Rachel, mm-hmm. that when it comes to like family, that's paramount. I, all Iris is basically saying is we're wasting our energy and our time and our blood on people that don't matter to us personally. Okay. If it, if it means our, my family dies because we're saving these other people, well, fuck that. And that's, that's where I feel like where you and Iris would agree only be, based on previous conversations. If that were the, if that were the case, I, I would agree, but it... Herschel said it best. I mean, anybody could die at any moment, so you need to decide what's worth that risk. And oh, you know, if if rescuing these people, in my opinion, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get yourself killed or you're going to get your family killed, and who's to say that these people don't have a little bit of fighting skill? If it came down to survival, I think everyone would learn real quick how to stab another person in the head. What, what, I saw spaghetti. Oh, spaghetti Tuesdays. <laughs> On Wednesday? Yeah, Tuesdays, everyone's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> You're giving the me response to what I know is the way you genuinely feel, but you know, you have to give that response. I, I respect that. I respect yeah. that. She's mangling what you would normally say. She's not, she's not explicitly saying if it means my family or these people, I'm choosing my family. I'm choosing the people I love in my tight knit circle. Mm -hmm. But there's also, we know, we've seen the other episodes, it's not just about my family, it's about killing them. And that's why I, I had said this, um, I, I didn't say this publicly, I said this in our chat, uh, in our Discord, at ko-fi.com slash No, so in our Discord, I had said, after watching this episode, I said that something feels off with Iris to me in that there must be some bit of information that we didn't know. Now, the thing that I specifically said, but it, it might not be the case, but I just want to throw it out there. What if Iris had actually seen the moment where her mother dies? Like they see Amelia Ortiz shoot uh, their mother. I forget her mother's name, their mother's name, Hope and Iris's mother. Oh my gosh. I forget if we, you're right. This was one of those oh. rare white elk appearances of her name. No, you're not going to remember. It was said once and never said Carrie. again. Was it Carrie? Carrie. Fuck off. <laughs> All right. So whatever her mother's name is, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I remember the, so Carrie the placard on her grave. The plaque. Yep. Right. That was the only way we could have seen. Right. Yep. That's the only thing. So what if Hope, what if Iris had been there and she's repressing the blame, the, this blame that she may have of Hope. She knows everything, but she wants to milk it. She wants I Hope to finally admit it. Or maybe she's repressed it or something. Now, it doesn't have to be that thing, but maybe there must be something about Iris that is making her do this. Because it can't just be about purpose. It can't just be about the thing about taking down the CR. It's too big. There must be something that's motivating her, something personal, something very close to her. I'm not saying I know what that is. Hmm. I'm not saying, because it could be one of those things that like, oh, little did we know all this time, something had happened to her that makes her feel like she needs to kill somebody or kill a whole organization that would dare hurt other people or Leo or anybody that she loves. And now I'm saying all this just to kind of put it out there for, so that when we see it, we'll be like, oh, Dave is right. And if you like what you heard, okay, no, I'm, <laughs> end show. No, Wait, are we I, done I with Sharon's take? Mm, we're getting there. Okay. Yeah, we're almost right. done. No, no, I was kidding. Oh, I was kidding. Oh, I, I thought you were really wrapping up. I'm just saying because I'm almost embarrassed <laughs> saying this out loud because you guys looked at me very crazily. <laughs> Not now. I'm saying when I said this, you're like, that doesn't make sense because she doesn't know. We didn't see her see it, but we, there was a lot happening in that night the sky fell. There was a lot happening. So you don't know. You don't really know. It could be Madison. Madison killed <laughs> It wasn't Amelia Ortiz at all. Anyway. All right. Let's keep going. I had a theory that... Um, maybe they had taken out Omaha and Campus Colony because they needed massive amounts of test subjects for whatever they were working on. That wasn't entirely true, but I'm going to claim it because um, I did say that they needed lots of test subjects. It may not be the ultimate end for the CRM, but that's the closest I've gotten to getting <laughs> anything right. So I'm, I'm claiming that one. I'm glad she brought this up. Good. Because then it go dovetails nicely to our conversation about Percy. But regarding... What she says right here. We discovered, though, that all of this, all these test subjects were bullshit in this episode. It's all bullshit. It's all to take out the colonies. It's all, it's, there's no alliance. Alliance is bullshit. They never wanted to get, they just wanted to see what the competition was. Well, That's the what Percy is says. dead now. Yeah. Yeah. But the whole purpose of getting into an alliance was to see the competition. The excuse is massive amounts of test subjects. <laughs> so you are right, Sharon D. <laughs> <laughs> Madison being Major General Beale fits with Portland being in Texas because uh, Mason's from Portland. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't think it was relevant enough to bring up in the in the actual podcast, please. No, now my gears are turning. Ugh, I hate that my gears are turning. Ugh. RJ isn't real. It hurts anyway. my brain. It hurts <laughs> my brain when my gears turn that hard. Like, Ma- yeah, Madison was in Texas, and then if she's Major Jen Beal in the Portland, Texas theory, and then the ah. Uh, uh, but then, but then, it's all making sense. My father wanting me to be in the military, and then my father, my father, my father. Where does Madison fit in? Maybe, oh, maybe it's a zipper suit. Maybe it, yeah. Madison is the stepmom. There you mm. go, Pad- Padre. She is Pat. She's the father. Mason's <laughs> <laughs> father. We just wrapped everything up. <laughs> it's, it's, no more podcasting. This, these shows are over. We just wrapped everything up in a bow. Maybe like okay. Madison, like you know, like finds love in whoever. His dad is, and then they like raise Mason. And then... I'm gonna butcher what Sharon says just now. Madison, you are the padre. <laughs> <laughs> no, but going back to what Sharon says, like I, I think Sharon she's loosely right, but mostly wrong. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, because at the end of the episode, we find out the test subjects were bullshit. If they end up bearing results, it's, it's just incidental. It's like, oh, we don't think this voters thing is gonna work, but let's kill a bunch of people. You know, this is the whole purpose. We, we're just trying to kill a bunch of people. But anyway, I'm kind of starting to like Percy a little bit more. I still hate him and Iris, but I think that has more to do with Iris than than with Percy. He's really not a bad guy. He could have still killed Huck, but you know he he chose the big picture, and um, I, I like I like that he's doing that. <laughs> do you see how we're going in different ways? Yeah, like no, chips I'm, in the night. I'm kind of on board with what Sharony just said. I, not even kind of. I'm totally on board with what Sharony just said. Like I okay, my whole reason for not liking Percy in the beginning was what. He was honing in on on Iris, which was my girl Silas. You know that was Silas's girl, and so I didn't like Percy. But now I hate Iris so much that, that ship is sailed. Yeah, well, oh. well, I hate Iris so much that I don't even want Silas to waste his time with her. So now I want Percy and Silas to to you know buddy off and just hate Iris together. <laughs> Oh, they both have uncles that have passed. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Oh, but you know, it's never going to happen. No. I say that because it just, I don't I think don't even I mean, Silas they're, they're would They're buddies, like, when Percy sees Silas and he's like, hey, big, hey, big guy. guy. You know, they're they're chummy <laughs> with each other. I don't know how, I guess. really, how Silas feels about Percy, but I think Percy likes Silas. I, I don't know. I guess the general thing about Percy being so, so into Iris, it just now it seems, at this point, it seems fishy. Well, so then what do you feel I'm, about Percy, though? I'm indicating that I'm on the fence. Oh, okay. okay. Mm. I, I love how we're start, suddenly starting to change. We're, we're, bo- we're all completely changing our positions. Like, he's, like better, he's better than Iris, but worse than Mason, kind of thing. <laughs> wow. But that's, that is like the two extremes, though, because you love Mason <laughs> and yeah. you hate Iris. So, like, so if, oh, if, if Mason, basically he's everybody. If Mason's like a 10 and Iris is like a 1 on the likability scale, Percy's like a 5. Where does Hope yeah, fall yeah, on that it's... scale? Hope's a, a seven. Oh, okay. So she's better than okay. Percy, too. Or 100%. Yeah. Okay. Hope's my favorite character, I think, on this show. Really? Oh, I'd, fe- I'd say... Yeah. Felix no, is my El- favorite. Elton. 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 I like Elton. I identify with Elton most. I think I respect Elton most. But I think as far as somebody who's had the most adversity and most triumph and then makes the right somewhat wise decisions as a result of that... And then stacking them up against Elton, I, I don't know. I just have a good affinity, a better affinity for Hope, I think. I know it's weird, but still. Hey, look how that shook out. We're just standing here appreciating the fact that we're all feeling differently about Percy than we felt in the last episode. Completely. 
That's a good commentary on the show, I think, where you don't know what's going to happen next in general, but then you completely feel a different way about a, about a character in the next episode. I think it's, it's remarkable. VOTUS, V-O-T-U-S. You know, POTUS, President of the United States. What is VOTUS? Via victory over Victor? the United States? Virus I don't know. Of the United Just States? Weird, weird name. Sorry I couldn't be there. I love you guys. You're here with us. You're right there. Now, You're right yeah. there. I see you. I see you. VOTUS... Uh, it comes from the Latin word vow or promise. Mm. So that's that's interesting. When I edited, I started laughing hysterically. Now I don't have that in me right now. <laughs> but but no, it was it was so funny. It was like Votus, Potus, Victor, <laughs> Victory. I was like, what, Victor Strand of the United States? But like, I think also like you know, it's, it's funny, but it's also like, okay, well, I guess it's their way of capturing the country. I guess being the only one there. But votus in Latin does mean vowed or promised or devoted to. So, you know, I wrote in capital letters, I said, studying reanimation, stopping it, it's a foothold into the future. So it's a promise. There's a promise for the future, but it could also be loyalty. You know, it could be, it has nothing to do with the future. It has everything to do with loyalty. You are loyal to the Civic Republic. Everybody else is dead, living or dead. Everybody outside the project. But this is also what makes me gets me to think about Jadis again. Because like you said, that, that conversation between she and Leo is not unimportant. Leo goes, I'm doing this for what's left, whatever it is. And that, I love his choice of words. Because he basically is the response to Lila. What is left if you've parceled off all your soul? I'm just holding on to whatever is left of that. And also a response to Barca. Barca, you're right. Now that we've sold our soul so much... Let's just take care of what's left. Let's leave something better uh, behind to our children than what we wrought today. So I like that response. But then Jadis comes back and she goes, like a true believer, which makes me think, what the fuck? <laughs> it's about life, doctor. <laughs> like, I wrote this all down, which gets me like, is he, she bullshitting Leo? Not being very honest about it. Is she trying to get him to believe in this Votus project? You know, meanwhile, on the back end, Huck is, this is why I don't think Jadis is purposefully driving Huck. Into, I, or I don't know. I, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't make sense to me unless she really is like 3, 4Ding chessing. Like, okay, I know she has a relationship with Leo. I know Jennifer Malik has a relationship with Leo. Let's pretend like I'm sending Leo into the, further into the Votus project while I work on the back end to get Jennifer Malik, aka Huck, that's her real name, in the back end to try to get Dennis involved and to try to get, so that now everybody's on the same page. I want them to know everything that's going on. Are you motivated? Yeah, I'm motivated. But then on the back end, he knows all the truth. So he's not motivated. He knows the, the all this is bullshit. Well, so I'm like thinking to myself. Motivated, is, but it, for what path? You know, he doesn't have to right, lie. Right, right, right. Yeah. The, que the question really lies in the fact that is Jadis like super, like, like a super genius 4D chessing this whole thing? That's the big mm. question of the day. That's the whole purpose of this episode. Is Jadis a super fucking genius? And she orchestrates this whole concerto on behalf of this whole of, of taking down the CR ultimately, right? I'm inclined Them to say knowing yes. everything by the end of this episode. Yeah. I know. I, no, I'm still caught. I'm, mm. I'm still caught. It's about life, Doctor. It's about life versus death. You know, and that doesn't mean that some people aren't going to die along the way. Mm. Which is code. Could be code. I don't know. <laughs> if she's spying on everybody else and getting their exact quotes to relay to Lila later, yeah. The, eventually the rat gets tired, Lila. <laughs> then who's spying on her? Um, That's Jadis. the question too. Yeah. So of course she's going to say all the right things in the moment while working on the back end, while making Jennifer tell everybody the truth. This is what makes me crazy, but it's genius because it really gets your fucking wheels turning. Doesn't it kind of seem, no, I mean, 
If there's proof of, of the opposite, please tell me. But doesn't it kind of seem like while Jadis is there, she's in charge of everything? Because Kublik's gone, and she told Lila. Well, she even says she has she has latitude in in the military. Yeah, it makes me think that there's there isn't anyone spying on her directly, but that she is to report to someone, obviously. But I don't think she's being spied on the way she's spying on everyone else. Possibly right, but then we go back to Corporal Pierce, right? Yeah, we then have that, we have that she's whole discussion. always there. That's true too. Yeah, yeah. So there may be all yeah. like the whispers. There's mm. someone always watching. Yeah. Maybe. What about if um, Janice is just orchestrating this entire situation, not because she thinks that someone's spying on her, but instead she wants to like fuel them to like and get them so far until they mess up and she stops them and she captures them and she's like, I'm the hero, give me my promotion. Oh, oh boy, Ooh. that's the other way. That is definitely the other oh, way. Dang. Yeah. <sighs> so it, so she's basically orchestrating a modern day witch hunt. So she's like, yeah, if we if we she's make setting a this. fire so she can put it out. Yeah, she's she's got that hero complex, which could be. Mm. Oh man, I would hate for this to be true, but it could be a repeat Dang. of what she did to Dennis and Jennifer, in a sense. Like maybe. Well, she but she didn't it. set she, that up, though, right? It was just an opportunity that she jumped on potentially. I yeah, mean, she didn't make Dennis Not that drink. We, no, <laughs> maybe that was just a bonus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like the fact that he drank, you yeah. know, it was a bonus. But like, what, what? Yeah. I mean, what if we find out that it was all orchestrated by her and it was the rat race and that the whole thing was purposeful? And not mm. only that, but Jadis orchestrated the whole thing. You know, let's give him something to do. Oh, man. Photos is bullshit. Yeah. I don't know which one I like better, though, but I do. I do enjoy the thought that Jadis is a super genius. Like in terms of just just pulling up all the moves, like all knowing the whole board for what it is, and maybe General Beale is is perfectly well intentioned. Maybe Jadis is the ma- is the big bad too. Period. 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 Exclamation point. And then Major General Beale can be Rick. No, he still can't be. He still can't be Rick. <laughs> but but it it does. But you know what? The funny thing is, if that is the case, it relegates General Beale to being completely unimportant, which is I'm I'm actually fine with because it makes us look in one direction. This person that we this mystery person we have no idea about when we should have been looking at Jadis. That is genius. Then we don't have to give a shit who General Beale is. But meanwhile, we all have these wild theories about oh him being Rick or him being him being have any importance at all. Genius, mm-hmm. genius. I, I li- now I like now I like this. Jadis <laughs> is the big bad theory. And what if Jadis was Madison? No, no, <laughs> bad, bad podcast. And if you like what you heard, though, head over to ratethispodcast.com/slash/walkingdead. Five stars and an eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. Just speak your truth. And do it after every episode. Does Iris suck? Does Percy suck? Does Percy not suck? Where is Percy on your on your meter of acceptance? Do you not even know what's going on? We don't, clearly. <laughs> but tell <laughs> tell the world after every episode, because it lets us know that we're worth listening to. <laughs> and if you want to be in the chat while we record, if you want to get this unadulterated unedited version of this recording right after we record. If you want to be involved in the process, we are Squawking Dead. Head over to ko-fi.com slash squawking dead and just follow us. When we drop a recording schedule, when we drop our unedited episode recordings, you will be the first to know. And if you want to join in, dip your toe in the water, you can tip us for $3 and get 30 days of access to supportive back content. Or you can join one of our membership subscriptions for just $1 a month at the very least. It's not about the money. It's about 
sending us a message about letting us know that we're worth listening to. And with that, everybody, I've been your host, David Cameo. I was joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, our survivors tier member, Jasmine, and Sharon D in the chat, obviously, and also on video, and as Mario. well as Mario. Mario hitting, hitting, coming back from the rear with History is Written by the Victor. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It's great to have you guys here. And uh, I guess we'll see you in the, in episode eight of The Walking Dead World Beyond as the series starts to wind down. Getting it's getting to the crazy end. Near. You can do so much in three episodes. <laughs> so much. That is not a nothing thing. You can show your face now. We know Iris sucks. We all know now. We're I think, all aware. I think the world is on board. With Iris sucking? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let's be honest. Three in one episodes... way or another, Iris sucks. Yeah. I wonder what they're going to do in three episodes to make us think otherwise. Because the... yeah, I know it's coming. Happen. I can feel. Right? It. I can feel it. I can... Now you yeah. feel no, it. Can... Now you feel no, 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 it. No, no, okay. no. I I have felt it for a couple of weeks. I just don't. I don't like it. Don't admit to I, it. No, no. I've I I have said I feel a twist coming. Like, and that that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, they're gonna try try and make us like Iris, but I ain't falling for it. It ain't gonna happen. But they can try. And Mason is the best, right, Jasmine? <laughs> That's right. You're not on mute, I don't think. Uh-uh. I no. know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware. It's easier to write your feelings down. <laughs> well, I have these pre-made. Nice. <laughs> they should have audio on them. <laughs> for those poor audio listeners. It's good to see you guys. We'll see you guys in the next one, and bye. Bye. Until then, bye. Bye. All right. Can Charity hop in the post? You have to say goodbye, Jasmine. You have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing it's a new now. production. Yeah, it's a thing now. She wa- for the audio podcast. She waved goodbye. <laughs> she was waving. Just waving. Very nice. It was very. It's a constant stream of wave. This, very nice. It's a supermarket yeah. sweep wave. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody, don't say whatever. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode, the seventh episode of season two of The Walking Dead World Beyond, titled Blood and Lies. Uh, Joining me in this podcast was Rachel, aka Cosmom09, as well as Survivor's Tier member Jasmine, featuring many Jasmine's tea moments. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, as always, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead and, you know, give us five stars in an eggplant. That's all you need to do. Let us know that you love us. But tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. But tell us after every episode because it really, really helps. Uh, if you want to grow this, help grow this outfit, we need your ratings. We need people to know. It helps bring people through the door. But, uh, well... I, well, and my name is David Cameo. I always forget to say it myself, but hey, this episode would not have been made, po- would not have been, po- been, <laughs> this episode would not have been possible without our survivors tier members, uh, of which jasmine.iac on Instagram was one, uh, as well as whispers UK on Instagram and uh, Lisa Jones 71 on Instagram. But let's not forget our whispers tier members. Judith.Morton on Instagram, Aiden underscore Atkin underscore on Instagram, at Tyler Philip Cox on Instagram and Twitter, who has also a YouTube channel called Let's Taco About the Dead, 
And last but not least, definitely not least, is fanart underscore Lindy on Instagram, who I just received my strand portrait from her. I am so excited to hang it up. I, I love it so much, and I, I will definitely be posting a picture of that. I did actually unbox it in the YouTube video to this podcast, so check that out. It's really, really good. Uh, yeah, and hey, what are membership tiers? Well, if you head over to ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead, you can join three separate tiers. The Walker's tier contains most of the baseline benefits, which is basically most of the benefits, the ability to join us in our episode recordings in the chat, as well as uh, receive uh, a stream of the unedited episode recording once it is finished, as well as a ton of things, which I just announced was uh, one of them, which was the smartphone background of our Walking Dead Season 11 art. Uh, That is free for all tier memberships uh, and is available in the Kofi shop at ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead slash shop. Uh, You can download that for the minimum of $1 or more. It's a pay as you want, uh, pay as much as you want. And if you pay $3 or more, you will get a 30 days of access to our supporter back content. You know, this way you can dip your toe in the water, get something in return, and get 30 days of membership support or membership access to our supported back content. Uh, but hey, the Whisperers tier members get 50% off the merch store as well as credits at the end of these episodes, uh, as well as full Discord access. Walkers do get Discord access. Walkers, for as little as a dollar a month, you can still get Discord access, but it's a little bit hobbled. You can only participate in threads. Uh, as well as uh, Survivors tier members like Jasmine get to host along with us in our episode breakdown. So again, head over to ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead and just follow us so that you know when we drop a new episode recording, uh, a recording session so that you can join in. And then when you want to jump in on any one of those things, you can hop on on and, and either dip your toe in the water or join a membership right away. It's the, our lowest membership anyways, a dollar a month. So why not? It tells us that we're doing something right. It's really not about the money at all. It's it's about sending a signal to us that we're worth listening to and you want to be involved in our success. And we we make it worth your while. I, I like to think so. Uh, just ask Jasmine, who was on this episode. In any case, I've been your host, David Cameo. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Ooh, we're racing towards the end, folks. We got, uh, got three more left in the Walk Dead World Beyond, and that's it. That's that. So see you soon.